Sometimes the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Well, now you have two. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to yet another awesome, amazing episode of You Heroes of Noise. I am only one half of this dynamic duo, this amazing, incredible web-slinging duo. I am Steve. Web-slinging, nice. You like that, I try. What's I happening, everybody? My name is Dan Ramirez. I'm at your service today, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Steve. We're not alone today, man. Oh my gosh, that's what Michael said. We got company. There's going to be some angelic voices coming out of these headphones in just one hot minute. I can't believe it. So, um, you know, I don't want to take away your thunder, brother, because I know you love to do the introduction and everything like that. Why don't you go ahead and hit it up? Ladies and gentlemen, ever so often we get people on our wonderful show. Sometimes we get presidents. Sometimes we get, you know, queens and kings. Today we have beat them all. Every single one of them. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Rebecca and Melissa on our freaking show. Do we have an applause? Of course oh, not. Come on, <laughs> come on man. You think I'm going to do you wrong? I appreciate that. What's happening, ladies? How are you? Thank you for coming on. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us on. This is going to be fun. Oh, it's going to be a blast. See the pressure. Now we got pressure. I can't wait. Like, I'm bubbling. This better be fun. <laughs> yeah. Or else. Or else. Well, bum, bum, bum. You'll, you'll live to regret this, Hudson. Like, you'll know. rule the day, Ramirez. <laughs> I, I don't know how I could possibly threaten you if it's not fun, but th there you go. <laughs> I have never heard y'all not fun. So this is going to be, that's a plus. I've only heard y'all amazing. So that's a plus. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, we'll start with Rebecca. What do you, uh, what's going on? What do you do? I know you have a podcast. I don't want to blow it up, but go for it. <laughs> well, um, I uh, live in New York, uh, where it's currently uh, snowy, rainy, uh, as it often is in March. Um, I, let's see, what, what can I tell you about myself? I am into everything pop culture pretty much. Um, my my biggest fandoms, I would say, are probably going to be um, the MCU, Comics in general, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, um, but pretty much uh, anything pop culture I am into. Mystery Science Theater 3000 is another big one that I'm into. Wow. Um, yeah, I have a boring nine to five job where I work for a doctor. Um, and then when I'm not doing that, I am either at the movies or I'm recording some podcasts and stuff. So I do a couple of shows about comics and pop culture and um yeah, that that's it. That is me in a nutshell. Well, don't be shy though. You got to plug the show. Oh, okay, cool. So um, I'm on a couple of shows here. Uh, number one, comic books. That's the one I do with uh, Brian, Joe, and Rod, where we each uh, pick a new number one book and review it every other week. Uh, we also do Oblivion Song, which is where we cover just the Robert Kirkman book um, that comes out monthly. Uh, animated Batcast, that's all about Batman the Animated TV series. I do that with Paul. Uh, I'm on the Supercast whenever I can join them with uh, Joe, Jordan, and David. That's a weekly pop culture show and uh runaways tv talk uh that's i do that with brian also where we're covering uh marvel's runaways on hulu i think that that's everything <laughs> okay i do have one question um i knew yeah. cloning wasn't quite 
at a certain <laughs> level yet. But apparently I was wrong because how, okay, how I have trouble being like, I have to watch a half hour series this week sometime. I'm yep. like, how am I going to do that? I totally I, feel like a slacker right dude, now. Dude, I feel horrendous. How do you do that, Rebecca? Um, I I don't really sleep that much. That's number one. And then, okay, okay. <laughs> that helps. Yeah, that, really uh, that, helps. that helps. Okay. Um, the other thing is, like, to be honest, the 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 kind of job that I have, and my my boss will never listen to this, so it's okay. Um, I have a lot of downtime at work. Um, because my my boss is often out of the office. Um, nice. with speaking engagements, or she's teaching, or something. Nice. So, um. If there uh, is nothing really going on, I'm watching stuff. So I, I have a lot of downtime at work where I can do that. And I know that not everybody does. So I definitely appreciate that I have that extra time on my hands. But um, I don't know. Like, I just I love I love consuming pop culture stuff. I really do. And so uh, I just always I seem to find time for it. That is incredible. See, for me, I'll start like I have a, a job that I have, as Dan knows, a lot of downtime and I'll be sitting there and. I'll say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and watch this thing that Dan's been telling me to watch. And then I'll be like, but first, let me see what's happening on Twitter. And then next thing you know. See, that's oh, yeah. <laughs> on the rabbit hole oh, I go. Oh, I know. Usually for me, it's like, oh, um, let me look at these Instagram stories. And yes, then the next thing like, I know, it's an hour later. And I'm go. just like replying to random people's Instagram stories. And it's like, oh, wait, I was going to do something else. Exactly. Yeah, I, I fall into that sometimes too. It's, <laughs> and it's so sad. It's so sad because I'm just like, that. I just talked to Dan. I was like, Dan, maybe I should get like an iPad. Then I could have the iPad going while I'm doing Twitter at my job that I'm supposed to be working at. But you know, <laughs> at this point, it has to happen because I'm like, after hearing what you're doing, I'm like, oh, I have no excuse. There's no excuse because you're out there killing it in New York, the city that never sleeps. That's right. Hamlet, we, we don't. We now, don't is New York, because I've always wanted to go to New York. Uh-huh. Is it as dope as it is in my head? Because when I think New York, I think one of my favorite movies, which is um, When Harry Met Sally. So I'm like, oh, I get to go to When Harry Met Sally area. Well, Does it look well, like that everywhere? Um, everywhere? Everywhere, no. Steve. <laughs> but, the streets are gold? Yes, yes. But I can tell you that I have sat at the When Harry Met Sally table at Katz's. No, you I have, have not. And when you come out to New York, you and I will sit there. Yes! There's a big sign over the table that said, this is where Harry Met oh Sally. Oh, my so, God. So uh, I have sat there, and certainly there's a lot of New York that is very old and looks very old, and then there's a lot of New York that's very modern, and then we even have some green patches here and there. Ooh. You know, not a lot, but some. Rooftops and, and um, <laughs> I know, rooftop yeah. gardens. <laughs> I mean, we've got, we've got Central Park in the middle of Manhattan. There's a big old, you know, rectangular block of green so there it was something but yeah i mean certainly like is new york filled with tons of landmarks absolutely for sure um but there's also like really boring little corners in new york too just like any other city where there's really nothing interesting happening and sometimes it's just a dunkin donuts and that's about all there is there so yeah i mean for sure, though, like uh, a lot of stuff that's filmed here, you know, when 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 you walk down certain streets, you go, oh, I, this is where they film blah, blah, blah. And um, like just the other day, they were filming um, uh, Law and Order SVU near where I was having dinner. Oh, come and on. Come on. I'm, I'm serious. 
I know, right? I was looking for Marisha Hargitay. <laughs> I love her, but she, I couldn't find her. And then, but r- right where I work, um, it, it's not far from Central Park, but right where I work, they film a lot of, they used to film, rest in peace, uh, Marvel, Netflix, but they used to film a lot of those shows near where I work. So, so like they'd have the signs up and stuff like, you know, filming, you know, Jessica Jones or Defenders or whatever. So, what? and you know, I, I've seen my share of celebrities, not like a shit ton, but I've seen a few. And but you know, here in New York, we play it very cool. We do not go up to them and be like, "Oh my gosh, are you?" No, no, no. We we play it very oh, cool. Oh, I'm the wrong. We just person play it to very in New York. Cool. I'm the wrong person <laughs> to be in. New- Let me walk by Method Man or something. It's oh, everything shuts down. I'll be like, time out, time out. Let me hear you rap your whole Tikal album right oh now. We're going no further. That's when I walk away and I say, <laughs> I, I don't know that that gentleman. I, I really don't. I don't know why he did so that. Cold. I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> so cold blooded. So that now, um, on to the Miss Melissa. I don't even know where you reside. So tell us a little uh, bit about yourself because I got questions, Melissa. Miss Borden, 2004 over here. Born in 2004. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. Once you say 90, you might as well be 2010. I was born in 90, uh, 2010. Yeah. We're talking to an embryo over here. <laughs> well, I was born in 91. <laughs> oh, my for God. For one thing. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and for two, my birthday's coming up, so y'all get ready. Yeah. Same uh, with mine. I'm April 15th. My birthday's April 1st. Look at this. Aries up in this piece. Yeah, baby. Um, I live in Chicago. So I'm on the north side. I just moved to like the heart of like Lakeview East area. I used to live um, like I just moved. I used to live like three or four blocks from Wrigley Field. Come so, on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> now, Chi-Town is where a lot of my uh, like uh, Bernie Mac, a lot of these great comics come from Chicago. And I'm just like, there's a thing about Chicago. Yeah, like that's Chicago one thing has that a I thing. need to get better at is like going to see comedy shows. I've really only been to like two or three since I've been here, and I feel like that's a mistake okay, that I'm actually What are the two making. or three? What are the two or three? Now this is going to say a lot about Melissa. Everybody. Oh, see, it's not like that. We'll it better just, not be like, Dane Cook. I, my friends and I will just decide to go to like, oh, we'll go see the like 930 at Second City, and it'll just be, you know, whatever. It, like, I haven't gone to see like headlining comics or whatever. Um, I did go see Nick Offerman stand up when he was oh, here last year. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. So good. He is amazing. I am obsessed with him and Megan Mullally. And so when they came with their book tour here, I went to that as well. So I have spent an extreme amount of money seeing Nick Offerman talk on a stage. (laughs) Now, does he talk about his woodworking or no? He talks about his woodworking. Um, He played us during his stand-up, which is called Full Bush. I'm pretty sure it's been... (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, I'm pretty sure it's been distributed. Um... But he played us a song on a ukulele that he made about how he is not Ron Swanson. Come on. That's and we're in the audience like, yeah, you are, though. Exactly. You <laughs> are, though. Every time I see his face, I'm like, Ron Swanson. Ron Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nick. And you know what? When I follow him on Twitter, I'm like, oh, so because here's the thing. Nowadays, when you like a celebrity, you're like, wait a minute. Let me see what they're all about first. And then you go on Twitter, you're like, okay, yeah, I like them. Because yeah. otherwise you're like, wait a minute, hold on. What do they think? He's legit a good dude. 
He's he legit. Really Offerman is a legit good dude. At and least him for and Megan are legit couple goals. I'm and obsessed with real. them. It doesn't seem real. Do any of you, um, or did any of you, I guess, watch the Will and Grace revival? I didn't. How was that? Yeah, I didn't watch it either. I mean, it was decent. Um, I like have a super, super nostalgic soft spot for Will and Grace because my mom used to let me stay up late and watch it with her, oh, like past on. my bedtime. Um, so on the I didn't and I didn't even finish the first season, but I assume I will eventually because it's just something I love to watch when I'm like not in the mood for anything. But uh, Nick Offerman did a tw- like a quick turn on Will and Grace the revival. Uh, it's, he's only there for like one or two episodes, but he sleeps with both Will and Grace. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and it's amazing. That is hilarious. I didn't know. So in the revival, he's. He like makes it now. Does he do the full beard? He has everything. He looks like Ron Swanson. No, he's. I think he's like clean shaven. He plays like a super hipster. Like oh, I want to say like bread maker. <laughs> Not far from him, actually. Woodworking, an artisan of sorts. Yeah, an artisan yeah, an of artisan. sorts. And he uh, seduces both Will and Grace, and you know the gag is they don't know that both of them have slept oh, with him until funny. it's you know too late. So. That is now so. You, that's the big concert you've been to as far as comedy. Oh, as far as comedy, yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's, now do you see celebrities in Chicago? I don't really. I saw Michael Shannon at the airport once. How spooky was he? I, okay. It was crazy because it <laughs> was the day, it was the day after he won his Oscar or the what? day after, I guess, it was the day after The Shape of Water won the Oscar. So we oh were like, what gosh. the fuck are you doing in the Chicago airport? security line like your move why are you in hollywood right now and so we looked on social media and he had literally been in like a dive in chicago watching the oscars like at the bar and like the oscars were on like the small corner like bar tv like with the sound off and shit and that's where he like watched the oscars when the shape of water won shannon not giving a fuck for he seems like the guy like if someone he'd be in the middle of a conversation i'll be like hey bro did you just win the oscar he's like yeah so what I'd be like, yeah, that's you. That's mind what I imagine business. you say. Just mind your business. Yeah, that's no big deal. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. I'd be like, wow, <laughs> you don't care at. And yet, I was going to say the one thing, Melissa, that I want to ask you though, and I know this is true because I think you're going to one tonight. You get your fair share of live shows in Chicago, right? Oh yeah, we get so many. I mean, we see so many that like I've, and this hap- has happened in like the last like six or eight months that I have like gotten concert tickets because it's like a band that I have like a tangential interest in or you know that I've seen before and they were good and then the show comes up and I'm like I can't go like I'm I'm doing too much and I'll like sell the tickets or whatever like there's so many good shows in the city that I physically can't go to them all even when I've already purchased the tickets what now what what show are we going to tonight I didn't know about it what's going what's happening here yeah, that's why I had to reschedule us. I'm sorry. Um, uh, we're going to see the Revivalists, and we're actually going to see them in Milwaukee because the couple times I've tried to see them in Chicago, it like hasn't worked out for whatever reason. So I've been chasing this band down for a while, and it's finally happening. Oh, and it's the funny thing. Here's how bad I am at geography. When you said I'm going to go see them in Milwaukee, I'm thinking... That's like a billion miles away. I know, man. I have no <laughs> idea. I'm so That's geographically How's ignorant. Doing ridiculous. Yeah, it's about two hours north. What? Mm-hmm. I did not know this. Happy days. Laverne and Shirley Town. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Can I just? Absolutely. What you is can. that? 
I just uh, props to Steve for dropping that Wayne's World reference Come because on. Come on. I can quote Wayne's World <laughs> any situation that you present me. There, there potentially is a Wayne's World quote. So when Melissa says she's going to Mil- to to Milwaukee, in my head I said Milwaukee, which means the good earth. And then he fucking said it, and I'm just like. Yeah, Wayne's World. Oh, don't. Here's the funny thing. If I go to a friend's house and he has a gun, I will say I don't own a gun, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" (laughs) Oh my! Every time. Okay, I'm so sorry, Melissa. I'm interrupting your thing. I apologize. I every time I have stubbed my toe so many times, and I've been like. Ow, it fell on my keys. Like, I'll just say it randomly. And then, ow, ow. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. That's so funny. The funny thing is, like, that was such a, um, and it wasn't just uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. That was like, all of us saw that movie. Mm -hmm. All of us saw Wayne's World, and because we loved Saturday Night Live, we were just like, they're making a whole movie about these guys? Can't wait to saw it over. Now, have you seen Wayne's World? Melissa? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. You know no, I, I haven't. Have to ask. Okay. <laughs> I don't think. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go further, Dan was Wayne's World made before Melissa was born. Off the top of your head. After or before? I would say, geez, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm thinking after. What about you, Berecca? I, I think it's after also. I think it, I'm going after. Like a hot minute, though. What do you mean a hot minute? Like, like, are you giving two years after, three years after? I'm giving five years after. Oh no! Hold no, on, no, I'll look no, right no, now. I'll look right no, now. No, I don't. I don't think it's that <laughs> no, much. I'm saying two years after. You know what? I'm kind of with Melissa. Like, I've seen the movie several, actually, a bunch of times, but I can't quote that movie. Really? Like, it, yeah. Not, I 1992. Going, okay, 1992. It's 92. Oh lord. <gasps> oh, so I too bad my parents didn't take me to see it when I was one. Oh, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> There's a lot of inappropriate things for one-year-olds oh, in that movie, oh. for sure. That movie came out, I was 17 years old. Good night. Oh, my <laughs> God. I'm not talking age here, man. Oh, no, no actually, I'm sorry. I, w- I was 15. You I were can't 15. count. I was, I was 15. Now, I'm you... so old, I've forgotten how to count. I oh, was 15 you... years old when, when that, that movie came out. When that movie came out, I was, what was it? I was 14 years old. Oh, man. Yeah. Dude, 18. like... You were 18? Ah, I was 18. Dude. Were you? Yeah. You were already I able to love that movie. Stuff. <laughs> I was already out of high school a year when Melissa was born. Damn. That's fucked up, huh? <laughs> 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 the fuck you're telling me, man. I know. I love when Dan talks about him thinking that he's older. Because I look older than Dan, but Dan is older that's than That's crazy. Me. You're black. Gee, you know that's not true. I'm saying, yeah, once if we get into Egyptian years, I'm winning. <laughs> yeah, like, once it. we're in 100, they're going to be like, Steve's 12. But right now, we look like... Bro, you look like you're like 25 years that's old. That's so not true, Dan. I know, but I, I wanted to make you feel good. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hey, I got something to talk about real quick. Speaking of live music. Now, Melissa, I know you've seen... Are you going to talk about my concert uh, yesterday that I played? No, I'm going to talk about something oh, okay. I think you guys would love to talk about together. <laughs> Machine Gun Kelly. Oh. Yeah. Lord have mercy. We had to do this. We had Lord to do this. Lord have mercy. And you know what's funny is I rarely, if ever, bring up Machine Gun Kelly when I do podcasts. So thank yeah. you. No, please. <laughs> please use this platform to preach from the heavens. Okay, yeah. Melissa, I'm gonna ask you something. And this is, yeah. I want to, from a Machine Gun Kelly I've been fan, wanting this conversation for so long. 
Do you really think that he won that battle? Yes. Okay. I really do. How? I truly believe that. Because he was speaking on real things and real emotions that have been festering and brewing for him his entire fucking life. And all Eminem was doing was popping off and being angry. And that's fine. Eminem has built a brand on that. I'm not taking anything away from that. But what I will say is I don't need any more anger from middle-aged white dudes. Like, I'm not interested in that content anymore. So just for Mm. the sake of that, Eminem's music is kind of lost on me at this point, even though, you know, obviously with everybody else my age, I adored him coming up. But Machine Gun Kelly is my age. Like, they are from... Essentially, like if an alien looked down on the earth, they would be the same person. And so for him to have so much like, like for him to have so much hostility for Machine Gun for like a reason, but not a good reason, like it's just stupid to me. And it's like, and I think everything that Kay was saying about him was true. Like, why aren't you trying to further your craft? Like, why don't you want young people to come up? Like what, what, what is so wrong with someone else, like, being in your lane? Like, don't you want to share the wealth? Now, that's an interesting... Here's the prophecy. Rebecca, do you see what she just did there? I'm just wondering if you see what she did. She just tickled my funny spot when you're like, I'm tired of anger from middle-aged white dudes. There's no coming back from that. I cannot say anything. I watched them shut down. (laughs) You know she is so right. But it's so true. Middle-aged, angry white dudes, Dude. you're canceled. I'm not no. fucking canceled. I don't care if you're Eminem, I, and I don't know what you're Eminem so has right. to be mad about either. Like you're famous as fuck. Everybody knows you're the best rapper. Like everybody, like nobody's gonna. The only person that's gonna come for you is somebody who has nothing to lose from you. Yes. Because, yes. And like when everybody after this rap battle whole thing happened, like everybody was saying, like, oh, Machine Gun Kelly's career is over. None of y'all were paying attention to him before. He didn't need any of you to have a career before. And he was successful before this. And like us people out here traveling to his shows are going to keep doing it whether or not you like him now. You don't have to. (laughs) Like, we don't need you. And and, like, he gained some fans from it. So like, I don't give a fuck. If you think he sucks, you probably always thought he sucked. (laughs) We still don't need you. And here's the thing. I think for me... Um, first of all, that's a devastating middle, the middle-aged white, you could just stop there. If you would have said, <laughs> I'm tired of middle-aged white dudes being mad, I would have been like, oh, dude, what do I say to that? I'm glad you didn't stop because it would have been crickets on my side. If you would have stopped right there and be like, so what's your argument, Steve? I would have been like, but, um, I think for me, I think what happened was, number one, I gave, just like on the podcast, I gave Machine Gun Kelly Prospect, I'm like, you don't see people like throwing a grenade at monsters anymore. You don't see cannabis going at Cool J or these little dudes being like, in order for me to be the best, I have to beat the best. And for Machine Gun Kelly to be like, you know what? There's only one person in my lane that I could throw a grenade at and I actually have something that can land. And he threw it and I was like, first of all, we have to give him props for even doing that. Because normally people leave him alone. They don't want any part of Eminem. Because you saw what he did with the Insane Clown Posse. You saw what he did the Fred Durst. You saw, I mean, he he made a laughing stock out of NSYNC, who was the biggest thing at that time. Now, their fan, his fans still liked, their fans still loved him. 
But he went, I mean, he was destroying people one at a time. And so when he went after Eminem, after so, like, a, what is it, a decade of people just leaving him alone. And I said, you know, it took guts to do that. And more people should say, you know what, you're right. Because think about it. Imagine a youngster going after Jay-Z. No one's going to do that. But yet this kid went after him. Another thing about Jay-Z is no one's going to come for him because he evolves. He he, he he continues to stay the best. You can't be Jay because he's three steps ahead of you all the time. I mean, Eminem, he dropped 444. We were just like, what just happened? <laughs> I would walk through the streets of Chicago and that shit would be blaring out of vehicles and houses everywhere. Everywhere. It I was... Worked um, I worked a Red Bull event um, that was in like the back lot of like some bar. And so we were like passing out Red Bulls and like drinking and there was like different like vendors and whatever. And when we were setting up, it was literally one song off that album playing on repeat. And that shit is so good. You don't know when it starts over. For, it's, <laughs> it's that. I remember. You literally, literally can't tell that so the song good. is on repeat until like 15 minutes later you're like am i losing my mind exactly it was when he said kill jay-z i'm like oh my gosh he's a different person now eminem has never done a kill eminem song where he's just like yeah, you know what i'm eminem done with that is not evolving so no. if you've been if and like machine gun kelly evolves so like he has all this work behind him and all these plans ahead of him that he can leverage into shit that sounds new and different. And like, that's more interesting than the same old Eminem shit over and over and over again for years. Like eventually I'm not going to be the only person bored with it. Oh no, for, it's guaranteed. He's always going to sell out stadium for people that are just like, I'd like to hear my name is live. But I think what, what he has that's so hard to parse is Eminem has a, le uh, a a legacy of battling. He started as a battle rapper. So if you're used to doing this thing, even if you did lose, since you know how to battle, it sounds like you won. Because I know how to battle somebody. And so when Eminem does these cute little trickeries, talking about you know Machine Gun Kelly and all this stuff, you're like, oh, he's used to being a battle rapper. All Machine Gun Kelly was doing was speaking his mind. Which is good, but on the battle rap stage, if they were face to face, I was like, yeah, the speaking his mind is hard to do because what, what Eminem is doing is battling. But I'm like, I don't think Machine Gun meant it to be a battle. I think he was like, I have something to say. Yeah, he was, I, like in my mind, he was just like, because what happened between them happened between them in yes. 2012, right? Well, and. Time. I think it's like bullshit for Eminem to come for somebody for saying whatever about his daughter when he has said worse shit about other people's daughters. He has. <laughs> She's not wrong. He has. He has said the worst thing. You were out here I've talking about heard. killing your baby mama. That's somebody's daughter, and like your child, who you're so like set on protecting now, is gonna hear that shit. Which is it? And here's the thing: it's gonna be way more damaging than fucking one person's tweet saying, "Yo, no disrespect, but your daughter's hot." That's nothing. That's a and and like, that's a and she's eighteen. Hot. She's nineteen or twenty years old now at this point. I think Haley's like up there in age. And if if they would have said Steve, we're gonna fast forward from from um, the Slim Shady LP and show you where he is in 2017, that Steve would have never guessed. I would have thought he is destroying things in 2017. This guy is destroying the game. Now he's just not, unfortunately. Now, I think we would be having a different conversation if he went from that battle to making another legendary LP. Then they would be like, oh, he's back. 
if he if he could stop resting on his laurels yes. or stop being angry like start rapping about like teach teach your community a fucking lesson like do some activism do anything else than anger and your music will be better totally <laughs> and he the thing is here's the funny thing he's never he when he brought up britney spears in a recent album i said dog <laughs> dog <laughs> what if we do it I you, feel like everybody's gonna come for me now when they hear this episode. Oh, Sorry, no, 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 no. but Here's if you follow me on Twitter, you knew how I felt about Machine Gun Kelly, exactly. so this is not a surprise. And also, the thing is, uh, people got to understand that there's more rap other than what they listen to. Like, I had to be schooled by my son, being like, "Look, Dad, I get it. You love Pac, you love Big, you love Jay, you love Nas. Can you listen to someone who was born after 2000 or 94, 93?" I'm like, "Sure." And I listen to these kids, I'm like, wait a minute. They took what we did or what they did and made it their own. And I'm like, I've been hating on these four kids. Okay, don't judge me. I wasn't listening to Kendrick Lamar. I would not do it. I'm like, no, he's not as good as Big or Pocker. And my son was like, dad, Bruh. I, I <laughs> beg you, listen to the Pimp of Blood Butterfly. I'm like, fine. Literally at 12 midnight, I text my son, Literally a tear coming out of my eye. And I said, I have just witnessed greatness. <laughs> I, I hope you said, uh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> that's like the one time, you know, your kid gets that from you probably. Oh, for, I said. I know. My oh. dad doesn't normally text me and say, hey, Melissa, your music opinion was right. <laughs> no, no, I texted him. I was like, because there's a part where Pac actually is saying something on the album. I said, oh, my God. It was just so incredibly inspiring so you're right you're now i know becca's are you a rap fan becca or no i said becca i'm sorry rebecca oh no becca's fine a lot of people call me that um you know i i'm i'm with you steve like i grew up in the night i was a teenager in the 90s so like uh, I grew up listening to a lot of like '90s hip hop and rap. About. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean that that was me, right? Mm. Um, so like, and then like when I and then in the late '80s into the early '90s, that was when New Kids on the Block came out, and oh, then that over. was kind yep. of like my thing for <laughs> a really long time. <laughs> Um, I was a big fan of NKOTB. I still am. I mean, was. I am still a big fan oh, of them. Oh, look at this. And, um, look at yeah. this. Now, you know, it's funny. I was just talking to my son. No, I was talking to Dan. And I said, okay, oh, I'm about to lose so many stripes on this episode. What are we doing? What are we doing? I'm about to, okay. There was a song by New Kids on the Block that nobody remembers that I used to dig and put on repeat. Remember that song called Tonight? <gasps> what do you mean nobody remembers that? People don't remember that, that song. Every concert. That song is so what? good. Yeah, yeah, that song that is song so is, good. And it wasn't one of their massive things, but I, when I heard it, I was like, yo, this is jamming. You, you know what the funny thing about that song is? And, and now, you know, when the guys are like <clears throat> in their 40s, some of them yeah. are even close to 50 yep. at this point. But like they say now that they actually, they, they put that song out early in their career and they looking back on it said, we put that song out too early. Mm. We, we, we sound very full of ourselves that like, oh, we have all these fans and blah, blah, blah. Like they say now that should have been like on a later album. Oh no, Which the is thing is it, it was such a, 
The hard thing is, oh, there it is. <gasps> playing it. Listen to that shit. This yeah, is yeah, yeah. Go, Rebecca. Just shoot. You don't understand. <laughs> Oh, Long it. as you got the right stuff, then we go. Everybody. Ooh, then we go. I'm sorry, Tim, terrible singer. Am I turning it down? Am I turning it down no, the wrong part? I guess it's oh. a brand new day. I remember this song. Every time we hear the curtain call. Damn. The 90s, though, right? The girls in the hair. so Oh, dude. No, no, you gotta go to tonight. Hold on, let me hear tonight. You better turn that off. I will sing the whole day. <laughs> Look at you dancing, Steve. It's so good. <laughs> it is such a good song. Well, the thing is, and as a, I was a burgeoning musician back then, and I was like, I didn't know you could have a, a verse that's one speed and a chorus that's a whole nother thing. I was like, well, that changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> it was so important. And you know, the funny thing is, the guy who made New Kids on the Block, he did it from New Edition. He said, I think I could do this with a white group. And he oh, did. yeah. Yeah, and he told me. And the thing is, he's like, no, 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 but their songs have to be great. And he made great songs. For I remember when Please Don't Girl Girl came out. I didn't, I thought a woman was singing <gasps> it. And I was like, oh, I love, well, okay. Well, when, okay, please don't go girl. They had Joey sing that, who yes. was the youngest member. He was so he small. Was, <laughs> he was definitely pre-pubescent. Oh, for sure. Um, it was crazy yeah, how, please don't go girl. Oh my gosh. We've been together. I'm not giving it to you. I'm going to turn it off. <laughs> Unless you go full, Steve. Please. Not gonna happen. Come on, man. Okay, I know where the word <laughs> Oh no. Oh my gosh, this was a good song. Come on, Steve. Like it sing it, Steve, song. sing it. Oh, not gonna happen. Please don't go. Oh, that's there. <laughs> that was such a good song. And you know it's funny? And I just fucked it all up. Here's the funny part. That is like R&B, what they were doing. And they did it. It, it, like, it is. Why wasn't Jordan Knight a, a superstar? I think after New Kids, I think what happened was, so they broke up in 94, right? Um, so flashback to 1994, I was a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. I find out that they break up. My heart is broken. Um, <laughs> but then like they, and it was a shame because their last album was their best album. They were they were transitioning from the bubblegum pop yes. into more adult sounding music. Yes. Right? But then they just, you know, Jordan's brother walked away from the group, Jonathan Knight. He 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 walked away. Uh Jordan didn't know what to do and they just kind of broke up, right? Yes. And they all went into doing different things. I think Jordan did not have great representation. I think he took too much time off after the he band did. broke up. But that single though, Rebecca, that single he came out with in that video, I said, that boy can dance. Like he's oh, wait, the one like where he's at a carnival or something. Yeah. I learned so much about that him every time we recorded. He could dance, but <laughs> he was dope. I was like, oh, Jordan Knight's the thing. But then nothing. Yeah, here, okay, so he, here's the thing, here's the thing. I remember that song, and when it came out, I remember thinking, oh my God, I love this song, and it's yeah. Jordan, and blah, blah, blah. 
Now, fast forward to to Rebecca becoming an adult and a feminist and listening to that song again Uh-oh. Uh-oh. and him talking about <laughs> holding her down in his bed. Oh. And I go, oh, oh. oh. Yeah. Did you ask, sir? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. There was no consent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yep. like looking back on it, like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like I, I listen to songs that are like, do not fit the feminist agenda at all, <laughs> you know, but, and they're, and they're guilty pleasures and I'll admit it, but I, I, I think back to that song and as much fun as I had listening to it at the time and I loved the video, I thought the video was dope, but then like listening to the lyrics as an adult and understanding like what he's really saying, I'm just like, Jordan, how could you? Oh, you have Rebecca, Come on. Let, me, let me tell you the funny thing. I'm sitting here and I'm schooling my son on wonderful hip-hop. Hip-hop of the 90s. And I'm like, Maj, you got to listen to It Ain't No Fun by, by Snoop Dogg. So I start playing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? When I let you. I was like, yeah. But I'm like, wait a minute. This is gang rape. That's what this is. <laughs> And I turn it off immediately. And I was like, oh my gosh, we were dancing to gang rape. It didn't even enter my brain when I was a young kid. But that is exactly what it is. And ain't no fun if my homies can't get none. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? They should have added, unless it's consensual. Yeah. Yes, unless it's Because we ain't going to shame. Oh, here's what exactly. I, I guarantee. Yeah. How could Snoop, if he's smart, he retires that song? Because that is well, one of the most blatant. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, but, I think know. It, but the thing is, though, is that, and again, like, you can't take that time and then compare it to our ideals or, or, you know, our ideologies, I should say, this time. It's like different. It's like going all the way back, starting from, say, uh, like, Baby, It's Cold Outside. Yeah. You but, know what I'm saying? Now, yes. I'm not with it. Yeah. I, and I've always said that song was yeah. a little bit on the rapey side. You oh. know what I'm saying? But it's like they're time well, stamps. Well, there's, there's, there's. I, like contextual information behind baby it's cold outside yeah we don't need to like get into that but i see what you're saying for sure and also like like the beat notice paul mccartney doesn't do um you're something you're 16 in your mind he won't there's a bunch of creeper songs yeah he won't do that even though she's only 17 yes she he won't do that my winger and so snoop probably should retire it ain't no fun now he shouldn't do it now because if anything, why would I want to think about what if I was if there was a guy that was just like, eh, we probably shouldn't be doing that. And then it plays and he's like, wait a minute, this is a jam. I'm like, I don't even want you going back to that level, bro. Maybe we should move forward from Ain't No Fun. There's plenty of other songs. There's plenty of other Snoop songs that you can do. Yeah. Ain't No Fun should be retired. And I just want to say I'm not defending yeah. the song. I'm yeah. saying it's a time stamp. Yes. And it's yeah. like so yeah, absolutely. you have to sort of take that into consideration, but at the same time, I get your point. Yeah, like it shouldn't be played yes. in a club or something like that. And I think that, it's a know? time stamp from when we were monsters. It's when well, yeah, we were monsters ten years from like now. High school dances and shit. Yeah, they yeah. would play yeah. that. I was like, what? It's correct. Now I have to ask. I have to ask both you uh, and Melissa, Rebecca and Melissa, and Danathan. What are y'all's guilty pleasure songs? That is like this is not woke. And I love this song. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's like such a specific question. And I like don't have a specific oh, answer. Oh, I have so many. Give me one. Oh, well, Let's then see where you're at. The whole album of uh, 
NWA. Um, I was going to say Ice Cube, America's Most Wanted. Oh, the whole thing. <laughs> there is so many things that he talks about, like how women, it's just a bad. I feel left out. I can't even sing along with that album. You cannot. I'm going to get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> but that, okay. And I like, um, remember um, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, Eminem's Bonnie and Clyde. He kills that woman. Yeah. And I think it's a. I think it's still very clever. <laughs> it's a clever. Like I was like, "There's a little ketchup on your shirt." I was like, "Oh, he's talking about blood from his his ex girl." <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> like that is terrible. But every time I hear it, I'm like, "That is a clever way of doing this." I. I mean, he did it at a time where it's like we were all listening. Like, is he talking about murdering his girl and putting her in a trunk? It was. But that's a that. I, listening to it now, I'm like, I can't listen to this in public. I know Rebecca has one. Oh, I have several. <laughs> um, oh, God. Okay. Oh, I'm going to get so judged. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. But, like, uh, okay. Anything. Oh, God. This hurts me to say it. Anything by Color Me Bad. I am oh not even my, lying. I want to sex you, you up, up oh is on my, my gym rotation. <laughs> you really can't front, though. That's it. That is that is song. a jam, though. What are you talking about? It's the song that I would turn down when people were around me, but I turned that shit it's right so back good. up. It's so good. Yeah, exactly. It's so there's good. There's that one. Um, there's one that Timbaland does with, um, oh, what's his face? Uh, Justin Timberlake called Carry Out. That one's Ooh. pretty. That is a banger. Ooh. You're like, oh, okay, that's not Um See, we're old enough. Rebecca and I are old enough to remember when Timbaland ran the world. Yes, Everything I on do, the radio. I do remember when Timbaland ran the world. He ran the world. I mean, when he, when um, Are You That Somebody came out, everybody's like, oh, he's the best thing we've ever heard in our entire. It's it's pretty much over. But yeah, I mean, carry out. Yeah, that's a uh, um, that's suspect there, Becca. <laughs> oh yeah, that's okay. Listen, I am I am not like I have to I have to own it, right? And then I like a lot of cheesy stuff like uh Escape the Pina Colada song. Oh Ain't my. nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely a guilty pleasure. And you know what? I'm gonna be totally honest here. It took me a long time to delete this because I was still holding on to it, but I did for a long time like R. Kelly's remix to Ignition. But oh, I am going, I deleted Everybody it. go delete it. Becca. I deleted it because I cannot sit here like a hypocrite uh, judging this man for what he's done and then put on his music and be like, oh, and I kind of like it. Like, I feel like that's hypocritical of me. So I, I deleted it. I, I'm not saying, you know, I think everybody I mean, we I think all can admit it's a should, jam. But, it's a jam. It's a, it, it was a good it song. Was and it and it, was. it's now no longer being played. Okay. And exactly. I, and I, okay, and I promised I wasn't going to talk about this. I talked to Dan that I wasn't going to talk oh, about Oh, are we going to talk about it? I don't want to talk yeah, about I it. I totally want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it at all. You know me. I don't want to talk about it. Let's do this. But we have to talk about yes. it. Yes. But I don't want to talk about it's it. It's okay. Though. You're going to be all right. I don't know if I am. You're going to be okay. <laughs> so, Michael. Michael canceled Jackson? Yeah. So, oh. Now, let's talk about this. <sighs> because what I was telling Steve, first of all, is like, I think it's harder with some artists, not for me per se, but for some people and their artists that have such affection. For instance, Michael Jackson has this huge catalog. He's He was you know beloved throughout the world. Still, people love him. But then you <sighs> see something like Leaving Neverland. And of course, 
this was always there, and you know, from the beginning with the what are their? I don't even know their names. I can't remember. I know Wade Robson. Yeah, yeah, Wade he Robson. stuck up for him for a while, but right. finally was just like, yeah, dude. Right. But then there was suspicion with like Macaulay Culkin yes. and Corey Feldman yes. and everything. But they they you know defended him, and they fight. Corey just came out saying, "I can't defend him anymore." Did he? Mm-hmm. I, okay. All right. Cool. So I was saying to him that I think it's hard for some people. Like some people like to judge others where it's harder. They'll be a little bit more reserved for people, things that they are in love with. For instance, Michael Jackson's music. I don't think he gets a pass on this one. Dude. Oh, dude. That's a, Fuck no. We don't give him a pass. I love his music, man. Michael Jackson canceled yeah. himself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Michael Jackson canceled himself. Can I, I, I just, I just want to say this. After the trial, right? He did that interview with Julian Bashir, which was, uh-huh. this is going way yes. back. Now. I remember. He admitted that he, a grown man, slept in the same bed with children that were not his own. Bottom line. So here's the deal. Here's Uh the deal, okay? For me, uh, that, and dude, I grew up listening to Michael Jackson, okay? We all grew up listening to Michael Jackson, okay? Uh, (laughs) Billie Jean, I love that song. Want to be uh, starting something? Oh, whole, oh I can't not on. turn the up whole, rock with you. I mean, come on. Oh, man, of course. Don't keep talking. About PYT, pretty human young nature. Oh, that's the hardest human. one. That <laughs> okay. PYT so, is the one. Okay, yeah, but so like isn't it thing, so fucking gross? It is now? Yes, it is gross. Like it is. Yeah, it is. He he canceled himself. He that documentary didn't need to tell me to cancel Michael Jackson. And and I I get it that there are people who say, oh, I'm not sure, and you he's dead. You can't ask him. Blah blah blah. My mind for me was made up when he said in that interview that he slept in a bed with oh, children totally. that I'm were with not you, Rebecca. Oh, totally. And I'm and I'm sorry. I'm not a mother, but. Dude, what the fuck is wrong That's with you? Gross. Like, you, well, it's you like, do I not can, get to do that. Yeah, and I can remember times being a young person when, and like, I, this is going to sound like, I'm not saying that anybody did anything bad to me as a child. What I'm trying to say is I remember feeling uncomfortable mm-hmm. around adults, even if their intentions were yes. innocent. So like, mm-hmm. even if Michael Jackson's intentions were innocent, which I do not believe they were when he was sleeping in bed with these young children, that's still affecting to them. Oh, totally. Like that, that's still a situation that a child can't comprehend, probably had a lot of feelings about, didn't know how to like speak on them when they were so young. So like, even if that's as far as it went, that's enough to like fuck up a oh, kid. That's like, fucking you don't know. Right there. That is totally. I mean, yeah. we still right. do things like uh, I know that when I was young, uh, we used to be like, "Go ahead and give your such and such a kiss." Like you have to go do I this. Don't, man. I don't <laughs> give a kid, right? Not matter. You go give them a kiss. And I think, um, as we all know, I don't. Well, as we, I think most of us know, um, his superstardom cannot be understated. No. Like how no. there was a point in time where he could stand on stage doing nothing. But then there's talent, Steve, exactly. and then there's this all this exactly. other shit. And I think this is gonna be the benchmark. Like I wanna know everybody is saying one thing, right? I wanna wait till I'm at one of my barbecues and I go up to one of the fellas or one of the girls and be like, How about this whole Michael Jackson thing? What happens at that barbecue is my question. If they say, dog, he is canceled, or if he's like, look, man, you know what I'm saying? I'm still going to bump me some money. I'll be like, oh, we're not there yet then. Is this the thing that takes the barbecue there? Is this where we're like, we're not bumming Michael Jackson at our barbecue? It's got to be. I imagine. What else could there be? 
But the thing is, he means, here's the problem with older people, like say older, even older than, um, I was like, I like Rebecca and I are older. Um, older than like our parents, the Jackson 5 meant something. They were raised with Michael Jackson. So now we don't have to wait for them to cancel them. Say they don't. Well, they're fucking lucky their kids weren't raised with Bingo. Michael Jackson. Bingo. We need to cancel them if no one else does. We need to be the one that cancels them. And I'm not buying the excuse. I've heard this now. Where folks is like, well, uh, you know, um, I'll say this. There is no excuse for you not to change now. If, even if you're like, man, I should have stopped listening to him ages ago. Just do it now. Stop listening to him. If any, There's so much shit to exactly. listen to. You can find other things to enjoy. Exactly. That's like what hurts me about any type of art. Like, I go down the fucking exactly. list. Brian Singer, the writers of yes. Green Book, fucking R. Kelly, fucking six nine whoever the fuck like exactly. all of those people are trash and like get them out of the way because there's millions of people out there creating content and there's other great people who aren't getting a chance because we're paying attention to people who are shitty if, if that's my thing like there are there are look my son has been helping me to these cats singing and i'm like they're good enough to be the biggest thing known to mankind right now right but you don't have cbs pushing them like they push look there was a time where we only had how many channels and michael was on <laughs> two of them you know that he was a an mtv staple but it's time to say oh yeah you know, oh, how yeah. often was thriller and billy jean on rebecca Oh, like every other song. Every other song. Or, it was a major event. That's what we were talking about last time, how they'd have like the world premiere, yeah. well, three o'clock this afternoon. Motown 25. If you go yeah. on YouTube and go Motown 25 Billie Jean performance, it probably has 80 million, 100 million hits because the moon was. He was a staple, but people, he did these things. And you're yeah. going to find excuses for people to say, well, they probably got paid and they probably, let's say, here's the thing. I heard someone say, great. If, tw if 12 people say Steve stole my wallet, I stole one of their wallets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I made it out of stolen all of their wallets. But you got to be like, that brother stole one of their wallets. There is something to where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> exactly. Fire, man. And there's a bunch of people be like, he did this job. And for Corey Feldman to be like, look, I can't even defend him anymore. What does that mean? That's I think that's what I'm getting at. I think there's that certain degree of like I love this man's music or mm -hmm. art so much. Yes. What am I willing to put the blinders on for? Exactly. And I think at some point you just have to tell yourself this is fucking ridiculous. This is that's the exactly writing is on true. the wall. And and it's not like for me it's a huge thing because I used to do the dances and everything. But it's it's like look, it's not going to be like erasing Stevie for me. It's not or it's not like going to be like erasing Prince oh. for me. It's going to be just, no, you know, no, these no. are things that would be, I would come on this podcast and be like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if I could do, I would have to be pushed by woke friends like Melissa and Rebecca and I am's being like, Steve, you got to do better. I'd have to be pushed to do that. Right. Michael, I'm just like, it's going to suck. But I got to be like, Maj, my son, I, we can't listen to this in this car. And then he's gonna yeah, yeah because can't. wouldn't it suck more to explain to like your potential like grandchildren oh one day like God. why you're still playing this person oh. and imagine being on this imagine one day like you have grandchildren and they're just like 
So, Dad, we listened to a podcast of yours, and you were defending Michael Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bad look. It is a yeah. terrible look. And so, yeah. Why are we ignoring that he has a song called PYT, and that's not the one they should ban first? That's true. That's what I know, I'm right? saying. It's the I best know. one, and probably because he had the most personal stake right? in it. Gross. Yeah. And here's the thing. <laughs> People know. vote it's... for him, but I think he he was like, yeah, and they're like, yeah, it's jamming, right? He's like, yeah, it is jamming. I mean, they're like, I don't like how you said that, but yeah, I mean, hey, you know, sing, sing the song. Dude's got to creep me out. Yeah, Thriller, right? I'm like, wait, Thriller? Is that weird? Thriller, you get it? I'm like, no, I just wrote the song for you. I don't know what you're saying right now, but sing it. I think for Michael, it's just going to be, it's over now. It's done. It's over. It's... This is off the wall, but I want to love you, PYT. Well, not, but it's just oh, human nature. You know oh, nice! I see what you did there, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's it's oh, and I'm, now Robert. I said Robert. Have you noticed that ever since he did all these things, people call him Robert Kelly? It's not R. Kelly anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's that's true. how Gail King was addressed as Robert. Well, listen, but but listen, isn't that the truth? Like when you got into trouble, didn't your mom call you by your full totally. name, all your oh, names? Yeah. Totally. That's why it's. Robert Kelly now. It's not R. Kelly. It, it's Robert Kelly. What have you been exactly. doing? Like and and R. Kelly, his stuff oh. was like the worst kept secret. Everybody we all knew. knew. Everybody he married Aaliyah knew. at 15 years old. We should have known then. That's the thing though, that's right? That's how I mean, high this problem goes. Oh, that's the fucking yes. government of the United States of America will allow a fucking 15-year-old to get married exactly. to a grown-ass man. Exactly. Amen. It is, it is a huge problem, right? So this, this go, and of course, like, with people like R. Kelly, right, when he was like, pissing on women and he was minors. not even women girls minors, minors. Yeah. thank you melissa you're right minors here's the thing right if you're two consenting adults if you're both over the age of consent and that's what gets you off you do you boo. Right. you can't shame that you can't shame it i mean you only have a minute so go into, do what you need to if do if you are into the golden shower then my friend golden shower away if you and your partner are into it have fun, enjoy yourselves, right? May you bathe in bliss. But <laughs> exactly, exactly. But when we're talking minors, but but this goes back to young. It's good. This goes back to girls and yes. women not being fucking believed. We talk about things that happen to us. We talk about things that make us feel uncomfortable. We talk about how we face sexual harassment every fucking day and everybody just pats us on our head and says it isn't that bad dear you're just making a big deal yes. about it maybe it's your time of the oh. month and this is <laughs> this is what uh, this is what's happening you know, this is totally what's happening Aaliyah was 15, 15 and you know, she was 15. and we still even in the even in the when you see the press releases they said R Kelly's accused of having sex with minors that's not sex it's the part raping. that was like, oh, R. Kelly's like sex tape was yeah. released. Like, bitch, that's not a it's sex a, tape. That's, a rape that's tape. Exactly. It's a rape that, exactly. Exactly. I don't know it why is, they keep on being like, yeah, sex with minors. That's not sex with minors. And then I think, unfortunately, that's just how it's been. I mean, I don't, I think it's just, I don't know if they think they're, oh, we have to be uh, right down the middle. No, no, no. Just say he's accused of raping my, the end. 
Even if you have to put a cue, exactly. Like, it's so frustrating to me that you still even have to say cues when like there's video there, evidence. Exactly. Like, bitch, I I'm seeing this happen. I understand how the court of law works, but like I am seeing a videotape of this happening. Yeah. You know it's. No, it's it it's true, Melissa. Like they have to say like accused and allegedly, like for the for the legal reasons. But like when there's taped footage, and they're still saying you know allegedly, just call it what it is. This is child pornography. Oh, tell me. That's and, like, what it is. Tell me. And this and, is how protected these people are that they were videotaping this yes. shit. And it's my, it's, and the funny thing, sometimes I even have to get checked. One of the times uh, we were, I was in a music conversation and I was going back and forth on Twitter and they were talking about great producers. And I was like, yeah, Dre was ruling the 90s. And one of the li- uh, listener of the podcast was like, um, I hate to be the woken Steph in here, but uh, he did beat up D Barnes. And I was like, oh yeah, other than that, you're totally right. But I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That is a major point. That's a major point. Totally. Why would I even bring up Dre and say he's a good, the only thing that the, and it has to start with, they're like, well, technically, hold on. We're just talking about his music. Yeah, but we're giving props to a man that was a, and and look, once we start going down the road of people that just beat their women, we're talking about John Lennon now. Chris fucking Brown. Chris Brown. Why is he still Literally the entire NFL. The whole NFL. Yes. We're talking about all our (laughs) favorite musicians of all time between the 50s and now. A lot of them beat their girlfriend because that was just a thing to do. And we're like, well, then why don't we just say, you know what? When someone brings them up, go into that mention and be like, no, he did this. And if they're like, oh, here you go. Yes, here I go. You're right. But now you know. Now you know, though. You can't go on saying you didn't know. You know now. Right. And you, that, majority, that's an excellent point. I'm, I'm sorry, Melissa. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say the majority of the population doesn't yet care what happens to women. Being, this is so, I mean, look. But true. they will if y'all keep putting me on podcasts. Hey, look. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. I, as Dan knows, I'm sometimes, I try to be overwoke and then... Ever so often I get needled in my side being like, well, Steve, you know, this is true, too. And you're like, oh, but that's somebody I like. Yeah, I know. Right. It's easy to go after. (laughs) It's easy to go after homeboy or them. But when it's somebody you really dig, what do you say then? Yeah. You know what? That's that is so true. It is very hard to do that. Like, I mean, just talking about like not being able to separate the art from the person. I, I tell you the truth, ever since uh, ever since Bill Cosby, everything that Oof. came out about him, um, I have not been able to watch neither, the Cosby yeah, show. Neither. I can't either. I can't. I cannot. No. And let me tell you something. I oh, fucking man. loved the oh, Cosby show. Man. I loved oh, the Cosby yes. show. I loved everything about yes. it. I loved how all those kids were different shades yes, of Yes, and they never explained loved, it. They never was like, oh, homegirl looks like that because. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. I loved seeing this family who lived in Brooklyn, yes. and they were, I loved the I loved the humor. I loved the little lessons they would teach their yeah. kids. I loved that the mom was a lawyer and that nobody was going to tell That's her what true. to do. Like, I loved Every, and, and nothing against Felicia Rashad. Like, I love her. She's a queen. She's up there with Oprah for me. So, like, it's, I, I have nothing against against her. But 
I can't watch no. the Cosby show. My all-time favorite episode of any sitcom used to be from season two when they sang yes. that Ray Charles it was song. So good. Right? <laughs> How good was that episode? When they stood yes. on the stairs and like little oh. Rudy with her. Oh, it was so perfect. Like that, so that perfect. was for years ah. my favorite episode of any sitcom. To even think about watching it, I get yeah, upset. I, I get physically uh, like I get sick, and and I'm so fucking pissed at that man for taking that away that from was me. So good, yeah. I mean, it was so good. But the thing is, it almost here's my problem. I was like, wait a minute, was he on Different World? And he wasn't. So I was like, okay, mm. he wasn't on Different World. He, he produced, produced that though. That was, world. and I was like, he did. I was like, dad. And the thing is, that made me want to think about, oh, this is what the college experience is. That blew my mm -hmm. mind. And so now everything he touches, even himself. I was going to say, the, the, that is one of my favorite all-time comedy stand like, stand-up performances ever. And, and I can't watch monster. it anymore. He is a freaking monster. And it's... All those, all those years that he was drugging those women... Oh and raping yes. them and then when and he, here we go back to women not being believed there were women who were speaking out sure against was. him for sure decades was. decades sure and they were not believed yes. and this is this is the bigger problem when it comes to rape culture that we don't believe victims That's true. so like yeah i get it michael jackson isn't here to say Yes, I did it, or no, I didn't. But I choose to believe victims. Mm -hmm. yep. So if somebody comes forward and says this terrible thing happened to me, I want to. I will believe a victim because there is not enough of that. And I, I get, I get it. There are there people that make up accusations. Absolutely, there are. But the percentage is so fucking small. To say like, oh, but some women make up. That's not even a valid argument. The the issue is if somebody comes forward and says, I'm a victim of sexual assault, then you know what? I'm going to believe you. I'm going to believe victims totally. because I want to be a victim's advocate in, in any way that I can in my small little corner of the well, world. The thing is, we also have to, I think people put out this thing where it's like, well, uh, what if they're just doing it for, and I'm like, for what? A, they know. So that they can get fucking death exactly. threats and have to move their Ruin family their fucking lives. across exactly. the country. Literally, like the doc, Dr. Ford, she gets up there and she's like, I'm going to get up there and tell you my story. And well, well then you have to get in front of the, um, you got to come to Washington and do it in front of our face. Okay, I'll do that. And they still were like, yeah, we're not buying it. Not believing. No, no, no. We don't think this guy, and even if he did, he was in high school. Just let him. He was young. Silly things happen. And I'm like, now, now think about that 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 accuser in your uh, law office that says this person did it. You know that they don't think that they're gonna. They think that automatically they're not gonna be believed. They have nothing to lose. They have nothing to win. They think I'm probably not gonna be believed anyway. But I have to tell my truth. Exactly. I have to tell my truth of what happened. They have nothing to gain because they have seen it on the biggest platform in America that you're not going to be believed. But they do it. That is. I mean, and that so goes back true. to when we watched Lorena, and it was talking about the Anita Hill stuff. Like, oh, we're still here. That's amazing. We still doing the same shit. And like, oh, yeah. I heard from some uh, Republicans in my life, because uh, I still have a few, um, <laughs> who were talking about how like, 
oh, yeah, I believe that something happened to, you know, the foreign woman, but that shouldn't ruin, like, Brett Kavanaugh's life. Like, bitch, we're not trying to ruin his life. We're just trying not to give him a promotion. It's simple as that. Like, it's as simple as that. Exactly. Nothing, all we're saying is you can't be at the very top Supreme Court for the rest of your life. That is not ruining your life saying you can't do that. A matter of fact, if he would exactly, have been, I guarantee he would have been able to be a paid GOP something. They would have been like, you are now our person. He could have kept his other judge exactly. job. Like, we weren't trying to get you off the bench. We were just trying not to put you on a higher and one. And now he's appointed like, for life. The man yep. that did this thing. Congratulations, everybody. Welcome to America. Welcome to a Welcome to America. America. Because he's going to try to tell all of you with a uterus how you can use can it. Can you believe it? And that is not... The government can stay the fuck out of my For body me. because I will use my body how I want to use it. And and there's no government that's going to tell me what I can and cannot do with it and how I can and cannot use my reproductive rights. Can you imagine uh, if they made a law, Melissa, that said – and they passed it and it was, it was nationwide, it was statewide. Every state had the same law. Men cannot ejaculate unless it's for reproductive purposes. It would oh my never God. go into effect. First of all, they would go right. to the Supreme Court fighting that shit. You want to talk about whiny crybaby oh, yes. men? They would be setting shit on fire in the oh, streets. Yeah. They Viagra would be burning is it. more covered by insurance oh, than reproductive then, health. Amen. You can get Viagra through your insurance, but try getting birth control through your insurance. Yes. Did and you guys watch the you fight. Getting, like feminist anger hour when you. No, 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 I'm having a blast. Well, I guess yeah, you were the one who uh, brought up Michael Jackson. <laughs> That's true. It's totally true. You it's knew. Totally true. And, and my thing is, look, um, with with everything that's happening, I look back and I say, all you people that voted your conscience and said, you know what? I can't with good conscience vote for that woman who's not perfect for me. I would rather sit home and vote or be like, he, there's no way he's going to win. Now you know the world we live in, he will if you don't vote. And my thing is, I was I came in and like, I, would, I, I um, was like a Bernie person. Then I was like, but Clinton is totally overqualified for this job. So when she was on the thing, I was like, now I'm a Clinton person. Let's go. And I was so excited to vote for her because I knew she was going to win for sure. And then America was like, oh, no, no, no. You didn't get the memo. We would rather have a monster in office than a woman. And I'm like, oh. Yep, that's how scared people are of vaginas. That's, a, that's adorable to me that you're so scared that's of uteruses and vaginas and vulvas. I mean, I've had you rather my whole life guy. and it hasn't killed me yet. So. Yeah, me either. Rash on very good terms. So, it's, you know, so far, so good. 41 years of this uterus and everything's good. So, yeah. It, it affected me so bad that now that Bernie's running again, I'm like, I think I want a woman. Just to make up for us yeah. not getting one. <laughs> now, even though he's, I love the guy, I'm like, I don't know. I think we have something to make up for. I don't know. I, I don't like the smell of it. And, and I admit it. I'm like, oh my look, gosh. I'm going to be real. Every single woman running is going to be better than Trump. And what kind of message do we want to send? Honestly, we're going to replace an old white dude with an old white dude. 
I get that I, it just doesn't I can see why women are like I just don't like the optics of that I want someone that's more me no old white men lost their chance exactly let's just try something we've old already women. we've already canceled them it's, they're we gave you an, we gave you like a, not we because I didn't but like America gave y'all another chance and then said oh just let's see what happens why are you at, like why are you wishing for him to fail da, da, da. well okay it's been long enough I think we can all agree that this little experiment did not work out so it's over. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm very curious, Melissa. Who was the first person you were able to vote for? I voted for. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Such great questions. I don't know. Um, and this is like going to be, this is like embarrassing because of like how vocal I am about this stuff now. But I mean, whatever. I'm an open book. Um, I was never into politics i was raised republican and that was fine with me i yeah. you know i wasn't spending a lot of my time in college doing research on political candidates um the first election i voted in was obama's re-election yeah. i voted for mitt romney um because election day was my dad's birthday Aww. and my vote for mitt romney was my gift to him well here's the thing you're not a, as you've heard on the podcast probably i was raised in a very strict religious Mm -hmm. uh, denomination through all my life to the point I was 18. So in my brain, everyone thought the way I thought. Well, of course abortion is bad. Of course you're not supposed to be gay. Of course, like all these things were true in my brain. Um, and when I got into the real world, I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I've made so many mistakes. You know what's what's interesting is like here here's the thing that about pro life and pro choice that is is really interesting to me. You're allowed to have your own religious viewpoints, right? I I know a lot of people who are very mm -hmm. religious and make choices for their for their own selves. Yeah. Uh, they and they make those choices with their yes. conscience, right? So and, and that's fine. That's the beauty of this country, right? You have the right to practice your religion. You have the right to allegedly. choose things. Allegedly, that's true. Um, for for some people, it's more true than others. But um, it, in theory, you should have the the uh, the freedom to practice your religion. So, if your religious belief says no abortion, and you choose for yourself no abortion, that is fine. That is your choice, and that is your truth yes, that you have yes. to live. That's your truth that you must preach and live and 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 abide yes. by. But when you start saying, because I think abortion is bad for me, therefore it's bad for all women, that's the problem. That's totally true. And we have those people at the very top. We yes. do, which is why to, to say it's pro-life is incorrect. What it is, is it's anti women is so really it, what it is it's, and it's not even pro-life it's pro-birth because it's i don't pro -birth. see you You're angry right. ass republicans out here taking care of all these babies what you're exactly. doing is bitching about the social like the social programs we have to support these children that y'all wanted here so badly but now you want them to starve and you want to hang them if they're gay 
Exactly. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up, Melissa, because that that to me is what pro-life is. So if you say that you're pro-life, then you're saying that you are pro that baby being born, but then you are there that you are also pro to take care of that child yes. if the parents are unable yes. to. So if you're pro-life, you should be pouring money into social exactly. programs. You should be pouring money into having kids get free lunch and free breakfast at school. You should be dumping money into these programs instead the second that that child is born you wash your hands of that baby and say oh well good luck to you oh wait you want welfare oh you disgusting piece of shit for a oh mother. wait you how want a living you? wage at exactly. your job how dare you what a what a monster you are what you want to do is you want to tell me that i cannot have sex without having a baby. That's what you want to do because pro-choice means that I have the choice to take birth control or not. I have the choice to have an abortion or not. I have the choice. I have the ability to become fully informed on all my choices. So maybe abortion is not for you and maybe it's not for me, but it doesn't mean that I then have the right to push my feelings on every other woman out there. Every other woman has to live her truth, has to live her life and make the choice that's best for her body. So who, who, who am I to say that my point of view is the right one for everybody? So that's the thing. Just, just let me live my life. Let me have sex if I want to, because men are out there having all the sex that they want. Or so, trying, and, and trying to. I'm trying. And that's cool. Man, get it. Dog, life is too fucking short. You want to do it and do it. Like, that's the thing. But ain't nobody walking around behind you trying to shove condoms on you being like, oh, or or rip them off of you and be like, how dare you? I'm pro-life. Like, nobody's doing that. But people are trying to rip birth control out of my hands saying, how dare you? I want... You have to have that baby. If you want to have sex, you better pay the consequences, slut. Like that's that's not that's not make what pro life is. Any fucking sense to me to just hand out Viagra like it's fucking candy? So we have how many more men out here trying to have sex oh, now? God. But now you don't want women to protect themselves. But the math is not computing. No, and it's here's my issue with the pro life thing. It's funny how every Republican that I say, are you pro-life? Yes. So are you anti-death penalty? Well, no, I like the death penalty. I'm like, you are Bruh. literally. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes zero sense then. Does not compute either. How are you okay with the state Does not killing compute. someone and you're not okay with, oh, so you don't mind. Well, because the people on death row had a chance at life and they made so the wrong ridiculous. choices, which like I, Obviously, like, it's very complicated and, like, criminals are criminals. Yes. But, like, that's the thing. It's, like, people in death row did not play by the Republicans' rules, and that's why it's okay to Which kill them. insane. The fact that we used to behead and electrocute people on a chair, that is insane. That's why I just don't even... And, the, and, and Or, wild. yeah, and we also would put a rope around people's neck and just drop them. Yep, that's the most humane way of us doing it. And now we just inject people with poison. It's insane that we do this. 
And people are just like, well, you know, the death penalty. I'm like, no, no, no. Think about what they're actually doing in that room. Think about when a man's last words are, I am innocent, then 20 years down the road, they're like, oh, turns out he was. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's yeah. It makes it's me sick. It's disgusting when you read those last words of innocent people and you're like, oh, no. It, it, it It's terrifying to me. Like, I, I understand, like, and, and it, it is a complicated issue, right? Because peop, there are people who have done terrible totally. things in this totally. world. There are people... And, and there are people in this world that if you handed me a gun, I might pull the trigger mm -hmm. myself. And I'm I'm honest and human enough to admit yes. that. But to then say that I have judged you to the point that that this jury, this judge, or this panel of people has decided that you no longer deserve to live on this yes. planet. And then to find out that like, oh, we we made a mistake. He actually was. How do you, you, you can't ever you repeat cannot. that, obviously. You cannot bring that person back, like, or people who are locked up for like 25 years and then DNA evidence is like, oh, I guess you didn't again. do it after yes. all. How many times does that yes. happen? And, and and I get it. I get it. There are people who have had loved ones taken away from them and in their heart they say that man or that person deserves to die because they killed my mom or they killed my husband or what well, i i understand that i get that that need for vengeance but it's like i don't know like that's my biggest that's my biggest fear i don't i could never serve on a death penalty jury ever i i don't have enough confidence in 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 my judgment to say you deserve to That's die like i could i could not live with myself having that thought and having to live with that for the rest of your life and on the chance that something does overturn or something like that and you find out that the dna was not right or whatever that's a huge responsibility to bear it huge. Can't. and the thing is we have a it's a you can't because here's the thing it is a perfect how could i ever live with it's myself a perfect um judgment Death is a perfect judgment. A perfect judgment cannot be handed down by imperfect people. You just can't. Amen. So until we get... Amen. People, Only God can judge me. And I do believe that. I personally do believe that. And the thing is, it should have ended when we were wrong once. We're like, okay, we have a perfect judgment. Death. Whoops, we were wrong. Well, we can never do that again. Because that one person's life was enough for us to never... Do I tell you what, if they executed a family member of mine wrongly, that's enough for me to get rid of the death penalty. And every single person's family is just like, yes, get rid of it. We're done. And the fact that a like when someone gets their child killed by a monster and they that there's a reason that they're not involved with that case. They're not supposed to be. You're emotional with good reason, which is why you shouldn't have anything to do with this. Because you're thinking of vengeance, we call our prisons correctional facilities. If vengeance is what you're looking for, we can't put them in a correctional facility. We should just kill them now then. Because you're not correcting anything by saying you're going to die one day. That's not correcting. Right. That's just saying we're holding you until we kill you eventually. And th that's why we have the most people in prison. We're doing something wrong. We're putting... How do we put someone... Oh, okay, I'm about to get in trouble. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How do we put someone in prison? How do we jail a woman for taking control of her body and saying, I want to sell this. This is my body, 
and I'm going out there. She's not trafficked. She says, I'm taking it upon myself to be a sex worker. You're going to prison. I'm like, well, how though? Well, why, why is that a thing? Well, because how dare she, Steve? How Thank fucking you. dare That's she? What it is. How dare? God damn it! Only the men can tell us how to use our exactly. bodies. Exactly. Only, only middle-aged white men can tell me how I can use my body. Didn't you know Ridiculous. that? Ridiculous! Like, and it's like the fact that we have presidential candidates right now saying. Okay, yes, I'm okay with decriminalizing sex workers. They're like, oh, great. And they're like, but the Johns are going to prison. I'm like, you are literally, did you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything. And even sex workers are saying when it's decriminalized, we get killed more. When it's criminalized, we get killed more. When you took away Backpage, we are now dying at a faster rate. But they're saying, we don't want to hear what y'all are saying. Blah, 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 blah. We know what's best for you women. Trust us. We know what's best. Yeah, that and it's worked so well up until now. Thank I you. Mean, I mean, I I don't know about you, Melissa, but I'm so happy that there are middle-aged white men telling me how to use my body. Yeah, I'm thrilled. Yeah, it's awesome. They have a very deep understanding of me and my needs and my feelings. So absolutely. Yeah, oh, for me. This is oh, good. Yeah. I'm just going to not worry my pretty They're just head calling me up on the phone it. every once in a while, checking in, making sure everything's going okay oh, for me. Oh, yeah. Just say, just checking in, Rebecca. How's it going? How's the old oh, yeah. Yeah, body great. functioning? It's, it's great. Yeah, no yeah, problem. It's great. And the funny thing is, even how they, how they portray sex workers on TV, mm -hmm. compared to what they can, like how they portray gigolos, the gigolos always suited and booted, ready to rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Looks like a... Totally cool guy, whereas the uh, sex worker is red lipstick, high this, high hit, totally standing out in a in a bar. I'm like, that's not how that happens. How about that is not how that happens? How about American Gigolo versus Pretty Woman? It's oh, a perfect. Oh my example. Oh my goodness! It's a it. perfect example. You nailed it. American Gigolo. You've got handsome, suave, debonair. Yes. Richard yep. Gere just yep. walking around, oozing sex. Women are tripping over themselves to have sex with him. Yes. And then you've got uh, Julia Roberts, who's wearing her thigh-high boots and, like, all this, you know, crazy, obviously, quote-unquote, slutty clothes and her bright lipstick and her, her crazy colors. And she doesn't know any better because she's just a prostitute. Well... Richard Gere's a prostitute too, FYI. Yes. Which, like that, like that, that's the thing. But, but it's, it's just so across the board, right? Why are men just paid more than women are in any field? Any in any field. field. Why yes. is it that there are so many male chefs but so few female ones when it's traditionally? the women who do the cooking at home. Yeah, well, no shit. I thought I was right? supposed to be in the kitchen, but you don't want to pay me for it. Get back in the kitchen, Melissa, and do it for fucking free. And don't expect anybody to pay you anything for it. Like, that... That's the thing. As long as it's for free, oh, women can dominate that field. But the second that it's a paid thing, only men can do it. And it's like... And the funny thing hmm, is, yeah, it's just sad because y'all... I've said it. But I was just like, uh, women, I would trust a woman to do what a man does better any day of the week at this point. I'm like, no, they just are better at what they do. And they're like, no, it's equal. I'm like, I'm going better. I'm just going to go better. We're going to overcorrect and just assume that y'all do it better than we do. 
Because that's the only reason. That's the only way dudes are going to just let women do it. Is Because if they think they do it as good, a man's going to be like, well, then I might as well do it. I'm like, oh, as good is equivalent to better. I mean. Like, that's what you're thinking. Like, well, if it's as good, I'll be better. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. We're saying as good. Yeah. So I'm better at it, right? Like, okay, well, then she's way better. And like, oh, even then they're not giving up the rings. So they're like, is she though? Be like, okay, well, then we need to overcorrect. We need to be like, no, they're far superior in that situation. Because as long as it's, they're just as good at what they we do as, or at what uh, they do as we are, well, then they'll be like, oh, well, then I can just do it. I'm like, wow, that's interesting how that mind works. Since we're both as good, I'll just do it. I'm like, well, then how, how does that ever get fixed then? How does it get fixed unless there is an overcorrection? That's the only possible way, right? Well, <laughs> um, yeah, fuck it. I'll just say it. it gets fixed by these dudes staying in their fucking lane and like making room for other people. And it goes right directly into the Brie Larson, Captain Marvel shit that Rebecca and I have talked about before. Like she said, I want to look out into these press conferences and see more than just white men journalists and the white fucking men who are not even journalists lost their fucking mind. She didn't mm-hmm. say, I don't want to see any white men journalists. She said, can we get some girls in here? Can we get some people of color in here? Like, top tier, can we get some women of color in here to report on this movie that was made for everyone, but like white men think that they own the voice for everyone. And here's the thing. Okay, that's a great segue into this. So... I'm going to ask each of okay, uh, before you walked into Captain Marvel, oh, I can't wait to hear it. What was y'all's experience of the press behind it? What were you hearing before you walked into that movie? Online, on Twitter, everything. What did you generally hear? My Twitter experience is pretty curated to my interest. Nice. So I wasn't Very really, smart. I was seeing like responses to hate, but I wasn't actively seeing hate. If, does that make yes. sense? Like, yeah, totally. So if, if I wouldn't have been seeing the reactions, like I wouldn't have known. I mean, you could assume like female superhero, people are going to be like, ah, it's crap, whatever. Bleh. Um, before I saw this movie, I was I had already cried over this movie countless times because wow. every every um like every female film critic that I follow and there's so many of them and I love and respect all of them as if they were my best friends and they are my best friends they just don't know it um but Mm. every reaction I saw that was like this movie was so meaningful to me this movie was so powerful to me every tweet about somebody's daughters or nieces um the photos of Brie Larson like with the children on the carpet all that shit was already making me cry like I was emotional as fuck before I stepped foot into the movie theater. Uh-huh. What about you, Rebecca? Yeah, I had a really similar experience. Um, th- this is much like when I saw Wonder Woman, which, you know, for the record, Wonder Woman is my favorite superhero character of all time. I love her. Oh. I love her more than any superhero character ever. I love her more than Superman, Captain America, Batman. Um, I-, I love all those characters, but... Wonder Woman has always been, for me, the number one. Um, I did I, not know that. I, I grew up watching the Linda Carter Wonder Woman TV show. And yes. 
I will tell you, and I've said this on Twitter many times, six-year-old Rebecca would put on her bathing suit, uh, wrap a towel around herself, and then when Linda Carter spun around and turned into Wonder Woman, I spun around in my living room. Oh, oh, I'm not making this oh, up. You can, That's you adorable. Can that, is a, that was my that is adorable. <laughs> I would throw off my towel and Come stand on. there in my superhero pose. That that was my experience with Wonder Woman, That's right? Adorable. I had to yeah. wait how long to see Wonder Woman on the big screen? A really long time. I saw yes. Wonder Woman on the big screen and I sobbed my eyes out. I'm getting emotional yes. now talking about it. So It was important. Yes. It was extremely important to me. So this movie to me was just building on that. Although I don't have that same connection, that long-term connection with Captain Marvel, I certainly know who she is. And I know her backstory and I know her power in, in, in the comics as Carol and as Captain Marvel. So walking into this movie, I was aware of the hate. I was aware of what all of these ridiculous fanboys were saying. Oh, um, God, they were I, the worst. I, I, I was aware. I was aware of it. Um, but walking into that theater, I and I bought my tickets the day they went on sale. I bought them in IMAX. I said, I'm going to pour money into this movie as much as mm -hmm. I can because I want my dollar to count and to show to show the studio this is what I want more of. So sitting down, waiting for it to start, I was super emo – I, I, I was emotional. I, I teared up like five times watching the movie, and I got chills, and I got goosebumps, and I, I had – yeah, that was my experience walking into Captain Marvel. And um, the most important, I can't wait to get into this conversation. Melissa, it's been a long time coming. How did you like Captain Marvel? I loved it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it as a superhero movie. I loved it as a little indie about female friendship. I loved it yes. as a short little note on the relationship between mothers and daughters about the family you choose. Um, I loved it as a lesson in... Uh, I'm trying to think of how to word it. Uh, like seeing the bigger picture, realizing that you know you can make mistakes with your past actions, and you can do things to go back and correct what you've done. Like everything about this movie, every lesson was amazing. Yes. What about you, Rebecca? Oh, sorry. I'm just drinking um, tears of those of those. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, it's so delicious. I love it so much. Melissa, <laughs> Melissa, have, have, have you tried this? Yeah, have I mean, it's a, my favorite flavor. It's good, right? Oh, it's delicious. It's refreshing, um, so hydrating. It, it, I, I literally <laughs> feel my power growing as a person <laughs> when I so drink funny. the tears of the... You can keep crying, all you fuck boys. I don't fucking care. <laughs> It gives me strength. That you have so no funny. idea. You have no idea how much it amuses me. And because it doesn't even fucking matter. Keep crying. Look at the yeah. Bank. Keep crying. Yep. Keep crying. Yep. Fucking bank. A hundred and fifty-three million dollars. It has outsold. It has made more money in its opening weekend than Black Panther did. And I that is so much money. Fucking love Black Panther. 
I saw that movie five times in the theater because I loved it that much. You got me beat. Yeah, you got me beat. I love yeah. Black Panther. I never wanted to move to a fake country so much in my whole life. Likewise. Why can't I be in Wakanda? Anyway. I think Captain America might move there. Captain America should move to my house in New York, but that's another oh, here story. Here we go. No, no, no. Here I'm going to stay That's a whole other thing. That's right a whole there. different story. Y'all can pack up and go to stay Wakanda together. Ooh, I like that idea. We're going to stay on topic, though, with Captain Marvel. So from the moment it started to the moment it ended, I was in love with Brie Larson as Carol Danvers. I loved, I mean, everything that um, Melissa just said about women empowering each other. When, mm-hmm. when her friend Maria says to her, you, are the mo- you were the most powerful person I knew, and that was before you could shoot fire from your fist, I'm getting emotional right now Me too. about it. Like she, so I'm sorry. <laughs> she, oh no, this is, this is awesome. She saw her power long before anyone else did. And they, those two women loved each other like sisters. And she chose her as her family. And every time she fell down, she got up. That's good. Wow, I did not think I would be this emotional talking about it. But that, but yeah, that, I love it. That is what Captain Marvel was to me. She was a woman who never stopped. Every time someone told her no, she kept going. She made, she discovered who she was. She discovered her power. She didn't need anybody to tell her how powerful she was. She always knew it. But she had people tying her hand behind her back until she decided no more. And that is what I love about Captain Marvel. She did the right thing, even down to the very end where she chose to leave to, I won't spoil, to do a certain mission. But like everything about this movie spoke to me on a level as a woman that I I have not felt since Wonder Woman. And I, I'm telling you, at, at Wonder Woman, I sobbed my eyes out because it was such a good movie. And I loved seeing Diana on screen like that. So, like, the same experience, absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I did not think I would get all stuff. No, that's wonderful. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. It Oh, man. We're going to get way deeper because Dan. Okay, let me tell you, I had two separate experiences when I first saw it. The first time I saw this movie, Mm -hmm. and I've told you this before. I have to be in an environment that's positive. You know what I'm saying? As far as like the theater goers and whatnot. That said, for an opening night attendee, I did not have the best experience the first time because I had a lot of people talking at me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had people just not, I don't know why the fuck they go to these movies and do this, but that's the experience I had. So when I first saw the movie, let me just say, first of all, I love Brie Larson. I love pretty much everything she's ever done from the United States of Terra, of course, Room. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just love this woman. So I'm ready for it, you know, and I know that they were saying that, like, you, you, you saw the early, I don't want to say reviews, but they were saying things like, oh, you know, she doesn't smile enough or anything like uh, that. Yeah. I never bought into that. But yeah. when I saw the movie, I had so many people that were distracting me that mm-hmm. I sort of saw a different performance the first time. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, loved the movie. Yes. But I was thinking that hmm, I'm not entirely sure because I, I, I said before, I thought I wanted to have, like, say, someone like Charlize Theron play her or something. So I, I, I didn't know what to expect when I went in. That said, mm-hmm. 
watched the movie. I loved her performance, but I thought from that particular viewing that maybe her um, she was kind of one note. Yeah. And that's totally on me. Yeah. Because of the people around me. Yes. So yesterday I went back, saw the movie by myself in a much more positive environment. Yeah. Dude, I fucking love this movie. Yes. I take back everything that I originally said about mm-hmm. her being one note because that's any she was anything but that. Yes. I think she's the perfect person to play Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And uh, her performance as Carol Danvers is it's up there, man. Like I I'm putting Captain Marvel and I'm always a little hesitant to do this at first, but I'm putting Captain Marvel as far as origin stories go, like it's in the top three easily. But I, I just loved I love the dynamic between her and Maria. Yes. I love the dynamic between her and I think it was Monica, the little girl. Oh yeah, Lieutenant Trouble. Lieutenant, Lieutenant yes. Trouble. Come on, man. She was just a door. Pretty much her dynamic was with everyone mm-hmm. was just so spot on in this. Yes. Uh, between her and Sam Jackson, everything, oh. man. It was just fantastic. And I loved coming out of the theater, watching, getting back to what they were just talking about. Mm-hmm. The faces of little girls coming out. Yep. And I had a bunch of them that day because mm-hmm. it was an early showing. You know, you're taking your little one to see this movie, and I think it's it's a perfect. If you ha- if if your little one hasn't seen a Marvel movie, it's a fantastic introduction, yes. particularly if you have a little girl, yes. because it's going to show strength, it's going to show you know being able to triumph, and like Rebecca said, having to do something that you may not want to do. Mm-hmm. No spoilers about yes. her her mission. You know yeah. what I mean? But it, it just there's so many lessons to be taught in this movie, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, dude, I was. Um, I wish I would have caught the third showing like I said I was going to. Yes. I am going to, but for the purposes of this, I wish I could have. Yes. But I absolutely love Captain Marvel. Now. That is awesome. Loved it. How about you, brother? All right. So it's an interesting thing about Captain Marvel. And uh, for me, obviously, Black Panther holds a, a spot because it's Black Panther. Sure. This movie's perfect for me. What you just said, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what you just said is why representation is so important. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Holds, I saw me on screen. It matters. Representation it totally matters. always matters. Always. And so I put that in its own thing. But uh, this, I don't know. I can't even explain it to people why this hit me so hard. I don't know yet why either. I don't know. My son understood when he was looking at me why it hit me so hard. But like there was about three times that I cried in the movie. One time was when she said, um, first of all, it's perfect. It's, it's not a debatable. It's other than Black Panther, the best. The, it's not a my favorite. It is the best Marvel movie. Um, when she said, I have nothing to prove to you. Oh, my God. And I don't even know why it messed me up. I was like, what's this? The end of the movie? What's happening right now? There's a million times I could have got teary-eyed and stuff. That's the one when she said, I have nothing to prove to you. I was like, oh my gosh. She freaking does it. Because and then the other, oh, it was, go ahead. Well, you, she says it right after you watch this montage of her going through her entire fucking life yes. proving something to people. Yes. Her whole oh. life was spent in this box having to prove herself to various people. And it then finally, she doesn't have to fucking oh. do it anymore. I don't have to do it. I don't have to she, play she, by your like, rules. I don't have to do it for the guy to say, she's, he's like, you, I told you that the test is beating me at this thing. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. You don't get it. I realize now that I have nothing to prove to you. They couldn't have put that line in a better part It was part perfect. Of it made me be like, how many people do I have to say that to in my life? 
he was so what sure. People? Oh, so sure that she was gonna play by his rules. He was fucking totally. shocked. Shocked. Mm-hmm. And she just was- totally taken aback. Like, how dare people? I'm sorry, but you guys, you might want to turn this off if you haven't seen it, because I know that my emotions are going to make it spoiled. You know what? Let's just say it now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be spoiled. Let's just say it now, and I'll yes. put it in the notes and everything. Let's let's spoil it. It's going to be movie. spoiled. Let's, that yes. way we can really talk about it. And the other time that, I, that it, I teared up was when Sister Girl said, what hurts is when your best friend yeah. crashes and dies, and then she says... But she knew she was too stubborn. Oh, I love I said, that. What? Oh my God, I love that part. I said, <laughs> what? She's like, I knew you weren't dead. It's just not knowing where you were. That's all my thing was. Because I knew you wouldn't die. She said, oh, you like, think all this, this is hard? Is oh, that thing. And I was just like, it's just adding up to it. Like, no, no, no. We all knew that you didn't have anything to prove to anybody. We all knew it. You just had to figure it out. We knew who you were before you knew who you were. Me and my daughter knew who you were. I said, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God. And, like, th- think about, too, how, like, the whole reason why she volunteers to fly for Dr. Lawson is because they were both in the Air Force, but the military wasn't letting women fly combat missions. Exactly. These, these women went through everything. Boot camp. We saw, like, you know, little quick montages of all that, of her working hard. Why? Because she wanted to serve her country. A, a, an admirable thing to do, right? It, but she's, Totally! Of course. But she's limited because the government says women can't fly combat missions. So here's a chance to fly a mission because Dr. Lawson tells her this is not this is not about fighting wars. This is a mission to end wars. To and end wars. when she says that, she's like, hey, sign me up. I will fly you wherever you want to yes. go. And that to me, I loved that. I absolutely love that because in the comics, you know, Marvel was a man, and depending, if I'm not mistaken, there was some uh, romantic stuff between Carol and and Marvel. I think um, I'm glad that they made Marvel a woman in this movie. Oh, it was perfect. It was perfect. Perfect that Annette Benning, who, by the way. Uh, I'm sorry. When she put her hands in the jacket and like shrugged her shoulders, I was like, I'm sorry. Why am I not a lesbian? This woman is amazing. (laughs) Why can't I choose? Why can I not choose? Like, (laughs) yes, I said, wait a minute. She got that thing going. Annette Benning is amazing, has had an incredible career. She's an incredible person. And then, oh, then she's Marvell. And it's like, it oh, this perfect. is perfect. It's perfect. And and the and the, the the only other time that a tear rolled was, um, and it what happened was, you know, she was in the uh, you know, she was tied up mentally with that being, and when they showed her, just everybody was like Thor. Captain America, when they have flashbacks, it's them. When they figure out how strong they are, they think about being in the machine. Thor can think about lightning coming into his body. Everyone can think about these supernatural things. What she thought about, her superpower was getting back up. That was my superpower. 
That's my flashback is continuously yes. getting back up over it. And I said, oh my God. There is no magic that she has. Her superpower is getting back up before she even had the superpower. She's like, oh no, I always did this. Mm-hmm. That's my thing. That means no matter what you do to me, no matter how you try to beat me, I will always get back up. I was like, oh, that's a date. She's the most dangerous person in the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. The person she will always get up. It's so true. That's crazy. The the person who will continuously get back oh, up man. after being knocked down, whether it's physically or emotionally or mentally, whatever. If you consistently get back up, I mean, do we not praise this in Captain America's origin story? I can do this all day. The guy weighs 98 pounds soaking wet and he's taking on guys who weigh twice as much as him. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Steve Rogers will always get up. He'll always keep fighting. I can do this all day. That was Carol's power, too. She totally. could do that all day, too. Like, she could always get up. And then here's what I love is when she says, I've been fighting with a hand tying behind my back. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. When they allowed her in the Air Force, they said, yeah, you can come in, but we're tying a hand behind your back. You're just like everyone else, but we're tying a hand behind your back, though. You can't do that thing. And now she's flying without the hand tied behind her back. I can fly now without a plane. I said, oh my God. I said, did, I felt like getting up like a preacher and being like, did y'all just see what she did right there? Am I the only one that just saw that? It was incredible. It's just when the, when the movie ended, everyone loved the stinger and all that was fun. It just, the stingers could just go. The main stinger, when, when she walked in, and she said, where's Fury? Where's Fury? Mm. I don't need to talk to... Most people walk in and be like, who got, Who are you guys? Not Carol Danvers. She's like, I don't care who y'all are. Yeah, exactly. And it literally doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter. I don't care who y'all are. I will handle this by myself. Man, it's over. She treated him like front desk right exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> you guys can take my calls. <laughs> Who's this dude I need to take care of for... for where's Fury? He seems like he's in trouble. Y'all can take my calls for me, though. This woman is a problem. She's a problem. Oh, and dude, the way that they were showing she's her, like what we were just talking about. Yes. She is a solution. You're right. It's oh, she's so good. But the way that they showed her in the flashbacks of the different versions of her, yes. getting back up, getting like you're saying, up. the car. What was it like a uh, like a buggy accident? Buggy, yes. And then the bike accident and everything. That just proves, like you're saying, that she's a fighter. She's been doing oh, this her whole dude. entire life. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she there. See, and the last flashback. They showed her getting up and smiling. Yeah. And then the very last one was a determined face. I said, oh, it's over. It's <laughs> over. And she was like, I like this. This is what I live for. This stuff that's happening right here, oh my gosh, it's what I, I just remembered. It's what I live for. And the other things that messed me up was they look at Jude Law and they trust him because they look like him. When they didn't realize that the enemy was them and the other, the people that they kept on making the other were actually the people in pain. You know, And Carol was like, oh yeah. my God, you are the people that are in pain. The person that looks like me is my enemy. I said, oh my goodness. And all the jabs they took at Trump, 
over and over again. I said, this movie was meant for me, but it wasn't. It was meant for every girl, every woman, every person that's just like, I don't see myself there though. I can't do that thing. They keep on saying I can't climb the rope. They keep on saying they don't want me to play baseball. They keep on saying I'm the last person to be chosen on the basketball team. That girl is going to be like, okay, okay. I just saw a movie that's going to make me dunk on everybody. Because I know who I am. You can pick me last, but my team's going to win now. Because I know who I am now. What's amazing about this is, Steve, you are as emotional and you are as touched by this movie as I was by Black Panther. So, right, I'm I'm a hashtag basic white girl, right? Uh, I do not have the African-American experience. I don't have Mm -hmm. the black experience. That's not who I am. That's not my life. That's not my truth. But when I saw Okoye on screen in all of her beautiful, her beautiful skin, her shaved head, when she threw the wig off in South Korea and threw it at a dude and was fighting in her red dress, I said to myself, oh my God, this movie is for me, but it's not really for me, but it's kind of for me. It, like, that's what I felt. I'm like, Carol Sanders <laughs> isn't for me. If, if anybody, it's for Lieutenant Trouble. That's who Carol Sanders is for. It's her, that little girl looking up at this amazing woman and the woman looking down on her and being like, yeah, you are totally me. You're me. Don't worry about it. You, exactly. And the fact that she let her choose... She let her choose her color. Mm. She said, why don't you do this? You're better at style. Oh my God. It was, the thing is, when I see them on the panels, I know I've, I've just, I watched every panel I could. Her, those three get along. Like her and Samuel L actually get along. Her and the three, uh, uh, her best friend and Lieutenant Trouble, they actually get along. I said, you can see it. On screen, you can see it. That these people actually like each other off screen. Chemistry was off the, the chart. The chemistry was crazy. And like her and Samuel L, that was just a fluke. Because when you see them in an interview, you're like, oh, these people were, they were just made. They were built to be in the same room. And let me tell you something. The funniest dude in this movie was that, um, uh, uh, what was it? The Krill? Krill? The Skrull? Yes. He was the funniest dude in the movie. <laughs> General Talent. There were Tyler. so many little... Ge- How do you make funny gestures in makeup? And he did it. Like little things he did with his face. I said, Marvel is unbeaten. They knew we have to give him makeup. But enough makeup, not too much where he can't make facial things because we want him to be funny. And when he looked at... When he said a comment about the science guy, yeah, I fell on the ground. <laughs> he's like... You're, and he looked over him. He's like... So your science guy couldn't uh, couldn't figure that out. I'm like, oh, it's so good. What I'm saying is, people, it's perfect. There's not a scene I would change, not a line I would change. Marvel has, I, I don't even know how they did it. Brie Larson is a perfect, and you know, again, I'm, I'm going to go on for an hour. Y'all going to have to interrupt me. Um, when normally what they try to do with female superheroes is do this quote unquote masculine walk with them. Yes, you're a female superhero, but try to be as masculine as you possibly can. 
that wasn't Brie Larson. She walked the way Brie Larson walks. Just totally nonchalantly. Like, I'm going to run through y'all. And I'm comfortable with myself. I'm just going to run through you. Like, nothing. And she did. She just, she, there was no difference between her with the outfit and her with regular clothes. I said, that's because she is Captain Marvel. There is no put-on she's doing. She doesn't have to put on the suit. Even Captain America acts different in his regular clothes. Brie or... Um, Carol Danvers is Carol Danvers with the outfit on and she's Carol Danvers with normal street clothes. I said, they've done it. They've made the perfect superhero that I believe can beat Thanos. They did it. I worry about Thanos now. I'm like, well, this, can they make a whole movie out of the fight? Or can they just make like five minutes? I don't know if they can make a whole movie out of her fighting him because it won't be long. She's going to be like, I'm done with you. Now, where's my homie? Where is, where is Fury? I'm tired of this. That's all I need to know is where's Fury at? Come on, y'all. What now? Um, D Dan, I'll go start with you first. What was your highlight of the movie? So many highlights, man. I really like the Stanley Marvel tribute right at the beginning. Yes. I love seeing Stanley reading. And I know this isn't about Carol Danvers or anything, but I love seeing him reading the Mall Rats, how That's they put crazy. it into yeah. the 90s like that. Yeah. Uh, soundtrack was dope. I love everything about this movie, but when it really picked up for me mm -hmm. is when she was like flying through ships like fucking butter. That was so dope. When she finally embraced her powers and she knew exactly what she could do, that yes. was by far the highlight of the movie for me, man. But the, again, the dynamics were there from pretty much everybody. Seeing Ben Mendelsohn do what you think is going to be a villain and then turning it around and doing something completely different, because I got... I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I get used to seeing him in that role. Um, they Ready Player One, did that. Rogue One. Yes, they did all that one on purpose. Mm -hmm. They're like, it's this guy. Do you trust this guy? Yeah. You're like, of course I don't trust. He's a Michael Shannon. He's a new Michael Shannon where you're like, oh, I don't trust well, him. Well, he was starting to paint himself into a corner, yes. I think. You know, And I'm glad that they did this because it's like, oh, no, 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 wait. That's not what He's we're doing great. here. But just the way his whole delivery was, getting back to what you were saying about how the makeup really yes. allowed for his face to be, you know, I mean, there was a lot of CG, of mm -hmm. course. But like when he walked in sipping on a soda, it was just a completely different Ben Mendelsohn than I was used to totally. seeing. And I think he just crushed it. In this. He did, totally. Yeah. But um, yeah, so much, man. I oh, mean, for sure. You know, honestly, I think that my least favorite was actually Jude. Out of everyone, I think Jude Law was probably my least favorite. Not that I'm bashing his performance or okay. anything like that. Yeah, I can see that. But, um, and then it was kind of a flip-flop for him too because... Is he always a bad guy? Or he, I don't really see him. Uh, he's he's Dumbledore. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm used to seeing. I didn't know By the way, real quick, thank you for reminding me, Melissa. What the fuck is it with you, Rebecca? I Not know. Like you, Harry Potter. Where the fuck do you get off? I take umbrage with that I shit. Know. Pun intended. I I, I listen, Melissa already on Twitter was like, <laughs> we used to be best friends. And that now she's so like, like, I get it. I, I get it. I understand why it's such a beloved franchise. It's just, I have said this on many, on many occasions, magic just does not do it for me. Like just straight up magic being, oh, the thing, it does not do it for me. I like a science fiction answer. I like a science-y answer. I, that's, but that's just me. I, I, tr I watched the first three Harry Potter movies and I just threw my hands up and I was like, no, I can't do I it. Know I know I'm going to sound can't. like a broken record, but like you should at least <laughs> try to read the first book or listen to the audiobook because the 
the narrators. There's an English narrator and an American Jim narrator. Dale. They're both amazing and comforting and like just try it because the Harry Potter is about magic for sure but it's also about um the same not the same things as Captain Marvel but like friendship and like overcoming trauma and doing the right thing when it's hard like all these things that are amazing mm-hmm. and you don't have to like Harry Potter but yeah the- don't do <laughs> no 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 listen, 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 listen. That's why he's like, ah, no 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 sure. I, I, I'm being 100% serious here just for you Melissa I promise you I will listen to the audiobook yeah just and it's you. Still, if you don't Aww. like that book that's totally fine but yeah. just think I, as a I, seven year old with my mom reading that shit to me <laughs> I, no no listen and, and that's the thing is I think I think I was too old for it when it came out too like when it came out, I was like way older, and I was just like, "Oh, these are kids' books. These are kids' yeah. movies." And they are until that fourth book. They <laughs> are kids' books, but yeah. there's a lot going on thematically in that first book. And like, have a nice Englishman read to you at night. I mean, <laughs> Jim Dale will put your ass to sleep in the best way possible. Would you? Is that the one you're talking about, Jim Dale, the narrator? Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna say it. It's magical. Yes, it's <laughs> magical. Oh, Lord, Dan. And Dan. I did. I Dan, went there. I Dan, went there. Dan. I mean, now, I'm, I'm you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm talking to Steve over oh, here. Oh, sorry. Have you even have you even seen? I'm sorry, Rebecca. I didn't mean it like that. I was just saying. Have you ever seen a movie? Have you even tried to watch? I watched one of the, the first movie. It was just. I wa- I I turned it off and I was like, that is what I thought I'd see. I would be like, you've got to watch Harry Potter. In my brain, I'm like. I think it's going to be this. No, no. And then I watched it. And I'm like, gee, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. And that's why I don't like it. I put that movie up there with, say, Willy Wonka. You are out of your <gasps> freaking mind, Dan. I do. How? What are you talking about right now? I'll fucking fight you on it right now. How, Dan? How very much dare you, sir? If I had to pick one, I'm picking Willy Wonka. But I'm saying that movie. No, it's not. The music. Dumb. Everything. Stop it. Stop it, Dan. You tell him, Steve. The music of Willy Wonka? I can't sing along with it, but yeah, I love it. If you can get to the through the first book to the point where fucking Hagrid tells Harry he's a wizard and you're not moved by that, then Harry Potter isn't for you. But he's a little broken child and he gets this gift of another life. It's magical. It's great. I'll stay with you all day. No, no, listen, that that's uh, I will tell you what my major issues were with the first three movies. There we go. Okay. I, Sorry, I, I know this is Captain Marvel. No, I want we t- Okay. Yes, I no, want this, this. Yeah, this, this is important. This is important. I, I will tell you what my major issues were, especially with the first movie. Number one, okay. Number one, you're telling me this is a school with the most magical, the most impressive experienced magical people on the planet they take this baby harry potter and they fucking dump him with the worst you people don't even know though the <laughs> there is a story Wait, reason for this and okay you're telling me that there's no hogwarts edition of the yellow pages where they can't check and see hmm maybe there's a family that's Slightly better than abusive. <laughs> this You're gonna family. Me into spoiling like and all they <laughs> and they dump him. Wait, wait, hold on. Then they dump him there, and then when they show up, they should be like, "Oh look, 
We're, I'm your savior. I'm here to fucking rescue you from the thing I put you in. I'm, how am I supposed to feel like you could even trust point. these people? And then number two, I really dislike what they've done with Hermione in the first three books. I, I, the first three movies, excuse me. In the first three movies that every time Hermione shows how talented she is, one of the boys smacks her down verbally. Oh, and, she, and she has the nerve to say in the first movie that she's sorry for always having the right answer and she's she would much rather be like harry who's popular that's more important than being smart or something like that or clever and i'm just like what no it's not (laughs) (laughs) feminist icon i think not like it's just it was really upsetting to me these are valid points valid points um i was hoping melissa was gonna take this one okay (laughs) So the the thing about Harry and the Dursleys, um, you'll have to get through a lot of Harry Potter for that to make sense. But I will just say, magic is complicated, and Dumbledore is a fallible person. Wizards are human. As far as Hermione goes, she gets done dirty in those books. There is a feminist icon. There are two. I'm going to go with three. There are three feminist icons in Harry Potter. Hermione Granger, Ginevra Weasley, and Minerva McGonagall. Minerva McGonagall. These three ladies are Captain Marvel powerful. Um, Jenny Weasley gets done so fucking dirty in these days. So dirty. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of Hermione's best lines get taken by Ron in the movie. And that is a fucking shame. And like the Harry Potter movie adaptations are not perfect, but the books are damn close. Wow. Okay. I I did I did promise you. I did promise you, just for you, Melissa, I will listen to the first book. Because I value your opinion. I value, you've steered me onto a lot of really cool shit. And I did try to give Harry Potter the movies a fair shake. And I have never read the books. Um, But I will, I promise you, I will listen to the first book. Just just for you. I will listen to the first book. I love it. I I can't make any promises how I will feel afterwards, but... It's just, again, like for me, I am just like magic being like the thing is not, is not, it doesn't do it for me. It's, it's the same reason why I prefer Star Trek over Star Wars is I like the science fiction over the fantasy, but that's just, I, I, but I, I get it. Like I I get the Harry Potter for you and I respect that decision. I just think that it, it, you're giving it more of a fair shake if you at least try the book. For sure. Okay, I will download the first. Yes. So wait, 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 wait. I got a, I got a question about as far as magic because would you consider like um, would supernatural be magic? I think so. Like, like is that considered magic? The TV show. Yeah. Is there a thought of it? Is it? Is it magic? magic? Isn't it more like paranormal? Would that be magic though? I mean, in some instances, probably, but I don't think it's it maybe just one particular. It's supernatural. Are they doing spells? Yes, they are. Or, They're doing witchcraft. If yes. you do spells, I think it's magic. If you are just like in like if you're like Captain Marvel, like you're just there's some inherent power. You don't have to do any work to like make that power work for you. Um, that's like more sci-fi, I think. So would Doctor Strange be 
That's magic. Yeah. Yeah. Strange, I think it's magic because he's harnessing some other force. Like he is using a a specific technique to harness a force, and that's magic. Like Captain Marvel, she is magic. She doesn't need any type of mechanism or spell or handwork to call forth that power. That power is inherently her. Oh, that's interesting. But I think in some ways, like, that makes Captain Marvel a science fiction story because she, like, absorbs this power and then it becomes a part of her. You know, with with Doctor Strange, and nothing against Doctor Strange, I I enjoyed that movie, too. Like, he's the, the, uh, what is he called? Uh, The... The master of of the mystic arts, right? And and there is a mystical, magical quality about it. But then you you sorcerer know, supreme. the sorcerer supreme, absolutely. But then you look at a story like Iron Man, and that's science. Tony used science to yes, get out of totally. the situation. Captain America, it's science because he you know was a a formula, and then it was radiation. That's a science experiment. Black Panther's science, yeah. Yes, Black, Black Panther science, is yeah. also science. I think obviously there's there, there there's room in this world for both, right? The fact that Star Wars so the fact that Star Wars is still a successful franchise after forty plus years shows that there is a place, obviously, for fantasy and magic in this world. Totally, totally. But I also think that Star Trek, which was around in the '60s and is still going today with 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 a sci-fi base. There's room for that in this world too. So I, I think that there's plenty for both, and you can choose and and you know see what you like more, et cetera. But you know, um, like for me, I just I tend towards the science fiction side of things, where there's like a a reason why things happen. There's an explanation, and not just a, a spell that lets you do magical stuff. It's just it's just never done it for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is such an intro because I mean, um, as far as with Carol. <clears throat> Captain Marvel is supposed to be our Superman. When I say our, I say Marvel, because I don't like, I'm not a DC person, but it's supposed to be our Superman. Like, she is the more powerful than anything. But I'm like, I'm reading, um, I forgot who read, who wrote this uh, series of Thor that I'm reading right now. But um, when Thor gets in his bag, he's crazy. Like, I'm like, oh, he can do this? And so I'm very interested to see how Captain Marvel and Thor work together. Mm-hmm. God, it's going to be oh, so gonna... snarky. <laughs> oh, it is. That's right. We have snarky Thor. <laughs> I can't wait to see how that works because, and Captain America's because Carol is now the one. It's not Captain Mar- Captain America uh, leading this right. anymore. It is Captain Marvel. She is the one. And how Captain, uh, we're assuming he's probably not going to be around after this next movie. That's what I'm thinking. Him or Iron Man. And so she's going to be the one, which is a plus because she's more powerful than both. But I'm thinking, um, I'm very interested to see how then Thor takes a backseat. Yes, he's a god. But but she's the one. Right? Am I right? Like, like Captain America is the one over Thor over everybody. Or Captain Marvel. Well, right? I think I think if we're talking just pure brute strength, I I would say, and and you guys can 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 disagree with me, but I think I think Thor and Hulk are about the same as far as strength wise. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Thor has the advantage because he is technically a god. But we did see in that first Avengers movie, we saw Hulk punch Thor to the point that he like punched him off that that Chitauri. Totally. 
Right. Well, so like, I, I think if, if like, let's say civil war, if Hulk and Thor were on opposite sides in civil war, then you have a stalemate. I, I think that neither one can defeat the true, other. Hulk's just going to get stronger and stronger exactly. and stronger and well, stronger. Well, Hulk got his ass kicked by Thanos and then he ran away. So he's not out here uh, following the Carol That's Danvers school of getting back up. <laughs> that, that is so true. That is an excellent point. That is an excellent See, point. But also, point. But, Hulk but, did not get back up. <laughs> and Thor hadn't run into a Titan before. So when he got hit and he actually felt it, I think he just got scared. He's like, whoa. This is something I'm not used yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. And so he's not on Carol. That's one. So he's gone. Thor, once he get, as we saw him getting into his bag regarding what kind of power he can have with the lightning, without the, uh, I forgot how you say it, the Mjolnir? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Without that, he doesn't even have that. And now he got it back later. But I think even with all that being said, Captain Marvel's the one. She, he's going to see her doing her thing, let alone what in the world is um, Wakanda going to be able to give her? Right. What does she kind need, of, though? Does she need anything? I don't think I, she needs anything. I don't know. Shuri is a beast. Who knows what kind of stuff be like, you know you can do this right. Or even what Stark and Shuri are going to come up with. Like, it's going to get nothing but better. But as it stands right now, Captain Marvel is the unbeatable. I don't think she needs, like we saw Thor. If Thor was at his full power, he wouldn't have needed anybody's help killing those people on Wakanda. Thor in his bag, which I didn't know until reading the comics, is unstoppable. He's just a person that is unstoppable. He can harness the power of the environment to kill things in his bag. Captain Marvel does the same thing. There's not a fight on Wakanda if she's there. They're going to have to take some liberties with this movie, don't you think? The upcoming uh, Infinity War, mm -hmm. or not Infinity War, but uh, Endgame, because... It's like Superman, like you're saying. It's she's like Superman. She's untouchable. So technically, she could go and just totally. crush everyone totally. on her own. The so they're going to have to take liberties to give them. Well, they're going to have to give her a moral compass, saying, "I won't kill." That's the only limit they could put on her is that, because otherwise she'd be like, "How would I just kill everybody?" That's a thing, right? But she's. They're going to have to put that limitation on her, saying, "But you have to." Because imagine if she goes the speed of light, which I could assume she does. Um, I, I don't know if she can fly the speed of light. I think. Mm, I don't think it's been established yet. Because when least, they took at off in the, cinema, at the end, sure. they were like, yeah. and I was like, that has to insinuate the speed of light. Because we know whenever we see that thing, I'm like, oh, that means they're going. Remember? Yeah, I know. What you're talking so about. it has to be. Would you think that maybe how about you, Melissa? Do you think that she's going that fast? Yeah, I think so. I like if they were using the same power to put a plane at the speed That's of light. What I think. Yep. And now that power is in her. It has to, and the, I think maybe she can use that to go into whatever weird side world that the people are in—the people that turn to dust. She can harness that to go into another dimension. That's what I think they're going for. I know we're speculating now. We're not necessarily talking about the movie, but do you think that everyone that was, you know, gone with the snap, do you think they're just in the quantum realm? They're gone. Yeah, they're there because Killmonger's coming back. We now know Killmonger's coming back. I don't think they're in the quantum realm. I think they could be in the Soul Stone or the Soul Realm. Um, yeah, me. That's beyond. What's that? Could you explain that for the well, listeners? Because okay. I know, of course. Okay. You know, for the listeners, <laughs> tell them what that is. 
I am I know I'm no expert here. I'm just going off of what I've heard from other people talk about and other articles that have been written about it by people who have a much deeper comic history than I do. But like we saw in in Infinity War when he wanted the Soul Stone, right? Red Skull told him, um, if if you want the Soul Stone, you have to sacrifice what you love most, right? So he sacrifices mm-hmm. Gamora and he gets the Soul Stone, right? So yes. when he snapped his fingers, like the idea, and then re- remember when he snapped his fingers, he was in the Soul Realm for a minute. That's true, right? He was in the Soul That's Realm true. talking to young Gamora. My theory is he there in the soul realm and it's going to take a sacrifice to get them out which is where you either sacrifice tony or cap at this point Mm, that's good oh that is a great theory i have no (laughs) inside information this is really just me thinking about shit for months now since infinity war but if i had my druthers tony sacrifices himself we get everybody back excuse me and then cap gets to go back in time and live out his life with peggy that's that's my that what if he what if dr strange sends him back he totally could i think what could happen would be either they use the time stone and they send steve back and they say you know what you've given up enough you go back live out your life with peggy or live out peggy's life you know with her Either that or Steve asks to go back because we've seen in the trailers that he's obviously suffering from some kind of PTSD or some kind of stress because he's For shaking, sure. right, when he's putting yes. on the shield. So can, can you imagine, he says, at the end of Endgame, guys, I, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, I, I have to hang it up. And they say, you know what, Steve, you've done enough. We're going to send you back and you're going to live out Peggy's life with her. Bucky or whoever will take up the mantle of Captain America. Oh, for sure. And then in 10 years, when Chris Evans needs to make a couple of million bucks, he can show up as Steve Rogers because he won't be dead and everybody will be happy. That's true because technically, here's the thing. When they send him back, he now is just somewhere else at that very time. Because exactly. they sent him back, he lived his life, and now he's somewhere else. Literally watch. But here's the problem. If they send him back and he lives his life with um, the woman of his dreams, what happens when he's not there to help them? Everything changes. He's not there to help them with the alien invasion now. Right. That No, it's true. But if we, we don't know how Endgame is going to work out, they may rewrite the entire timeline so that Thanos doesn't That's even true. exist. The only reason... The only reason why we have that invasion is because Thanos gives Loki the Chitari to use. Without That's Thanos, true. you have no Loki invading with the Chitari. We don't know what they could do to the timeline. There's a million things they could do to oh, eliminate Thanos man. from even existing. So you don't think it's going to be a fight. You think it's going to be, we have to get him off the situation from jump. You don't think it's going to be hand-to-hand him against Mar- Captain Marvel. I, I think we will see fights because he still has the infinity stones. See, it looked like they were burnt up they were burnt up at the end. That's what I thought too. I mean, I think the gauntlet is damaged and burnt up. And I think the Russo brothers have said that the gauntlet is damaged and does not work the way it originally worked. 
Oh. I think, I think, I think. I could be wrong, but I think that's what they've said. So the, the stones themselves are still there. But my thing is, if they use the quantum realm to go back in time, which I think that's what they're going to do, and they go back to the Battle of New York, right? At that moment, the Tesseract is there, right? If that's they true. can stop Thanos from even beginning to collect the stones, because in the past, they all still exist. The Tesseract, the Time Stone, the Mind Stone, the, uh, the Space Stone, they all exist. They just have to go back in time and stop Thanos from even starting to collect them. And then that is so true. And then you stop that from ever happening. You rewrite history completely so that everything that already happened, it's like another timeline. It all happened, but now we're in a new timeline. And, and the person who could take those those things away, it, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. Get him as far away as possible. Like she, to the point, where is it? She, She's gone with him. She held the Tesseract in her hand. The last person that we saw hold the Tesseract before Thanos was Red Skull himself. He tried to hold the Tesseract, and what did it do? It burned a hole in the ship, and it sent him flying into space. And he became—he has to become the guardian of the of of the Soul Stone. So, the fact that she can hold it, right? I mean, we we saw Peter Quill hold <clears throat> an Infinity Stone because he's half Eternal. But even then, it, it took a lot out of him. She held the Tesseract. That's so... And the thing is, I we haven't even seen... I mean, speak, we haven't seen Doctor Strange at his best yet. We haven't quite seen him when he's just like, oh, now I understand what I can do. Yeah. I think even that changes stuff. Like, uh, my son brought up a fact of, of a thing of, you know, he could technically just send Thanos to a alternate thing where he's just stuck there in a time loop. I said, you know, he could do that, I guess, huh? Well, we, we saw that at the end of Doctor Strange, right? He was in exactly. that time Dormammu. with Dormammu had come to bargain. Like, how many times did exactly. he say that? And if, if we're going by the Infinity Gauntlet comic, the original one, Thanos, they when they defeated Thanos, they basically made him think, oh, I'm blanking on exactly what happens, but they make Thanos basically forget his quest. And he settles down on a planet, on a farm, and he becomes a farmer. And and we kind of saw that tease in the Endgame trailer, but oh, totally. they could they could kind of do that here. They could basically get a hold of Thanos before he starts doing all this business and convince him in some way, uh, alter the timeline, whatever, that he's just a simple farmer and they leave him on Titan or wherever and we never hear from Thanos again. Um I don't know. I, I know Captain Marvel will will be doing a whole lot of stuff. Uh, I, I they'd be stupid not to show us her power here. Um, I don't know. I just look forward to. I hope we get a moment where it's it's her and Steve Rogers in the scene, and someone goes Captain, and they both turn around like yes, like oh, I. That's gonna be great. I mean, it's my, gonna happen. I, I love that kind of cheesy stuff. Like, I, I hope we oh, see that. Oh, it's going to be so... And the thing is, Steve doesn't believe in the governmental part of the Avengers anymore. He hasn't bought in. So I don't think he could be captain anymore. He just doesn't buy into the government having anything to do with the Avengers. Right. It's, it's going to happen. The Avengers are going to be, you know, 
part of at least tangentially. And I just think he doesn't want to do it anymore. He's just like, I just want to live my life. Then. Well, I mean, we yeah, we saw that the beginning of that in Winter Soldier, where he begins exactly. where he begins to question everything. And then in Civil War, for sure, he's basically yes. like, F this noise. I ain't a part of it, this, you know. Bingo. And he's still there. Yeah, he's like, I'm done. Because Captain America will always have his own moral compass. Captain America will always do what's right, even when it's painful, even when he doesn't really want to do it. If it's the right thing to do, he will do it. And and that's what makes Steve Rogers Captain America, right? Totally. So uh, the idea that Cap could basically be like, you know what? The government has just been terrible to me because they, they have been. And, yes. and for him to just throw that all away and say, I did my service. I was Captain America for all this time. I gave up a lot. It's time for me now to just hang it all up. And I would love for Cap just to have that sort of go back, be with Peggy. That that was the love of his life. And to just really have that happy end to his story. That would be great. I I mean, it would be so I, I like it. I want it for him. But, yeah. I mean, and, it, and, and for me, it's like, look, he's, he's passing on, like, literally, he's saying, who you have now is better. Captain Marvel is better than me. I can leave you in perfectly capable hands that is far exceeding mine. Let me now go live my life. And let me tell you, I think if he ever does get called back, you're right, Bex. How crazy is it going to be to be like, well, we can call someone. Exactly. Oh! I feel like we've dominated this whole conversation. I'm really sorry, Melissa and Dan. I, I Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I feel horrible now. But I, it, it's, I think <laughs> I didn't, the thing is, I didn't know comics like you do. So you know all the ins and outs of, well, technically this can happen and technically that can happen. I'm like, I did not know. Oh, I, I'm I'm no expert, my friend, but uh, I, I I use the I use the Marvel wiki a lot when I'm not sure about stuff. But yeah, like I only started reading comics as an adult. I didn't grow up with them. So um I, I always feel like I'm catching up and, and trying to like learn all the backstories. Now do we know I don't know what Melissa or Dan or anybody do we know what the slate is for the next two years for Marvel? Because I know it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man's coming again. Black Panther's coming again with Killmonger randomly. So something happens with that Infinity Stone. Somehow Killmonger comes back because he's back again. Yeah, they actually release... Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. And you know how good of a villain you have to be for people to be like, yeah, bring him back from the dead? <laughs> like, we want him back. Um, we got him. We got... Um, who else do we have coming? I know we have a Thor coming. So we've got Avengers Endgame on the 26th of April. Then it goes to Spider-Man Far From Home July 5th. Then Black Widow. And this is most likely Ooh. in 2020. No. Oh, that's going to be good. Hey, come on. Why have we not had this movie already? I mean, that's a whole other thing. Before we move too far away from this, I just want to mention how much I laugh every single fucking time I see the Far From Home trailer when that kid says... Like, he goes on about how great Spider-Man is, and then he says, what's up, dickwad? <laughs> <laughs> Man, it gets me every fucking time. I, like, it's know it's coming, so and I still laugh my ass up. Melissa, is he not Spider-Man? Oh, in, my like, God. Embodied? Yes. 
He is Spider-Man. I love Tom Holland. And I want him to be in so many Spider-Mans, but I'm already looking forward to him being like a full-grown like adult actor oh. because he's going to do so many great movies for us to watch. He's I remember remember that clip going around in Twitter with him and Zendaya dancing together? Mhm. Oh my god, that's what I knew. Oh, Spider-Man. That he's him. a professionally trained dancer too, isn't he? Oh, that it? I did. Like not I know, know he I think he does ballet and things like that. Really? I know he got some soul to him. Which is why he's got that limb, you know, he's so limber. He's yeah. able to do those flips and things like that because it's from ballet he's, training. He is Spider-Man. I think that's going to be And also I'm wondering is Blade going to be in the same universe as these Marvel characters? If they make a blade. Well, Duh. why wouldn't it be? Because vampires now? Why not? I mean, I get it. We need like, something else, right? I, mean, I get it, but that's a weird... Do you think that's weird, y'all? Like, having vampires in the same universe? No. I love vampires, though. So, so do I. <laughs> but, well, I'm a, but the thing is, I'm an Originals fan. I'm a, I'm a Vampire Diaries fan. So vampires are never going to go away for me. But I'm just like, in the Marvel universe, it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to probably, I think they're going to put it in a different universe. I, and I wouldn't mind that either just because tonally vampire stories are so different than what Marvel exactly. has done with their universe. Exactly. And especially like say David S. Goyer or um, Guillermo del Toro takes it. They're not going to fit the Marvel oh, thing. Guillermo del Toro. I want that now. That oh, needs to happen for me. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> Where they just say take the reins because then you're not having CGI. You're having vampires done up, like looking like vampires. That's Guillermo del Toro. I we really need that movie. And the fact that it's on the panel, and mind you, now when you walk in and say, hey, we want to do Blade, all executive C is Marvel. It doesn't matter what it has to do. Oh, it's gonna make money. That's all they now see is Marvel. I don't know if Disney would ever give this kind of you know liberty to people, but they could do one-offs. They could, they do, could a one-off, do a one-off, dude. Much like they did with, you know, people hate Venom, of course, but they could <laughs> do something like that. I liked it. I, I don't give a fuck. Venom. I love the movie. Wait, 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 wait. You wait, haven't wait. seen it. Stop I know. It. There's a reason. Melissa. What? I'm with you, Melissa. <laughs> you do, Like, when you say you liked Venom, when you say like, liked is a funny word. Like, I liked bad cups of coffee. I'm like, it's fine. But did you like say I really I this movie was good? Are you saying that or you say you hate like it? I sat in the theater and I had a very fun time watching Venom and I laughed. Really? Yep. And I enjoyed it. And I'll, I I will watch it more times. Yeah. What about okay, I haven't seen it. So Bex, what what's your thought on Venom? If you watch Venom and you take out the take out the Marvel aspect and you just watch it as a science fiction movie about a guy yep. who gets taken over by a, by a symbiont. It's a great movie. If, if you, if you walk into it going, I'm going to watch Venom's origin story from Marvel comics, you will not like this movie. You're going to be highly disappointed. Uh, that, I like but if you're able to take those elements out, like she's yeah. saying, it's very entertaining. As just a science fiction movie about a space creature that inhabits another, that inhabits a host's body, and they have to learn to coexist, I think it's a fun movie. Tom if you Hardy's want, a fucking weirdo, and they said, yeah, do whatever you want. I love Tom Hardy. And Tom that's Hardy's what happens great. in this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, Tim, Tom Hardy is a very... Um, He's a, you know, he, he reminds me of um, something Howard. Rudger? 
No, the other guy from uh, Higher Learning, and he was in other movies. I forgot his name. He was a skinhead in Higher Learning. But he's he hasn't quite made the leap over. But, like, Tom, who, who, no, you know who else he looks like is the dude from, um, what's the movie where the dude was half robot? Upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> Logan Marshall Green. Oh, yeah. For, like, half the movie I was looking and being like, is that Tom Hardy? I thought just- it was him. <laughs> Logan Marshall Green is Tom Hardy Lane. He absolutely Thank is 100% you. Yeah. Tom Hardy like. And I, you I got Tom Hardy from the dollar store. Yes, I am oh, here oh, for see, both that's... of them. I... You know what? I'm going to flip it. I think Tom Hardy is him from the dollar store. What? Oh, I hold on, hold on, hold on. Steve, have you seen Taboo, which is a TV show? I have not. Oh, okay. man. I want you to try to make time to watch Taboo on FX. That will do a TV show starring Tom Hardy. And I think you will see a side of Tom Hardy that you will go. I did not know Tom Hardy could do that. I loved him in that show. See, I really want to see that. Cause I thought when I think Tom Hardy, when I first got introduced to Tom Hardy, it was inception. Yep. I said, Oh, so, and so everything is, I, I think that's the real Tom Hardy in my brain. And so I was like, Oh, that's what I'll be seeing. And that is not the Tom Hardy I've been seeing. I was like, oh, he's a, I mean, I don't know where to peg this guy. This guy is a, an everywhere sort of individual, but I've always liked him. Yeah, I've I, I, I feel him. like you can't really peg Tom Hardy in anything because he was even in a, in a, in a Star Trek movie, which is not my favorite of the Trek films, but, you know, he played a villain in that movie. And it's like, that's Tom Hardy? Holy shit. Well, like, he played Bane. Time, that's true. Yeah. Like, oh, but that which, voice. Which voice. was a mistake, like to cover his face up like oh, that. And to make his his accent. I was born in the darkness. What is yes, that? Yeah, that was so weird. <laughs> Melissa was right where they said, What do you think we should do, Tom Hardy? And he just was like, I think we should talk like. And they're like, Okay. Yeah. Like, why did you do that, though? Yeah. Now, people, lo- my son loved it. He's like, That voice was awesome. I was like, But, and maybe that's what they were going for. But I thought it was just outright. It didn't take me out of the movie because I like. I think Tom Hardy's dope. But um, I thought he was the. It was the most fun I had in a. Um, don't get me on the Dark Knights. One day we're gonna come back and talk about the Dark Knight. I think it's super overrated. But that was a fun time. To, that like at that last. Moment, I was like, that was really fun. That was really fun. But um, I know that one of y'all have to leave in a bit. So I want to get a quick rating. What do we want to give? What what five things we want to give? Tesseracts? No. Think, uh, that's what I was going with initially. But that's Marvel everything. Photon Blast? Yeah. Photon Blast. Photon Blast it is. Flurkins? Flurkins! <laughs> fr- it was so funny when he said, oh, it's just a scratch. And Homeboy was like, no. no. <laughs> I liked when she he goes to say like, oh, how do I know that like you're not a scroll? And she does her Photon Blast. And he's like, what? Uh, I, how does that exactly. do anything? She goes, scrolls can't do that. He's like, I didn't. And the thing is, he was the audience where we were like, "That does not prove it." Don't can do that. You just gotta believe me, man. Just gotta it assume. was so funny, and he was just. And how good was that de aging that Mao did? Yes. Oh my Incredible. god! I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Right now, it looks amazing. It it should have taken me out. Is it safe to say that they did a little bit better job with with Sam Jackson, or do you think it's just oh, they Sam did Jackson. less or something? Sam because Jackson. 
I could tell a little bit more on Coulson than I could on, on oh, Fury. Well, I think it's one of those things where since our skin is so amazingly perfect, I was going to say um, <laughs> it's not much you have to do with us because we just naturally. You took the have, word. You're taking the word. That's out what I'm saying. Mouth. We drink water. Yes. We have naturally. Uh, we emit uh, UV rays. You didn't know that. No, no, I but didn't. we do. Oh, you didn't. Of course. Um, there's things that we do when you put our face on a computer. You just put like, oh, you know, whatever, www.dh, black folks. <laughs> We're good. And so that's what happened. Yeah, that's it. You know that? I didn't know. No, oh. that part I did, but I knew everything else up to that point. That's why. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, that makes come sense. come on now. <laughs> you knew that, Jay. This is easy. This is... But here's the thing, What's though. Up? All the de-aging in the world could not help Samuel L. Jackson when he was running. Did you see my man? Oh, he was hurting. Yeah, he was, he was, was hurting. He was. I was like, bad knees, I said, boy. that's a seven-year-old yeah. run. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's one of those, hey, bro, this is the last rib on the table runs. We're like, oh, he's going to run as fast as he can. <laughs> he's going to run as fast as he can. But <laughs> the only reason he got it is because we ain't chasing. So, yeah, go ahead and run at that. But um, So we're going to give... Out of five photon blasts, Melissa, what did you give Captain Marvel? Five whole photon blasts. And, and, plus, five flurkins. Oh, See, I like the flurkins. But... The fl- now, uh, we're going to go with flurkins. So, the amazing Bex, what did you give <laughs> Captain Marvel? I give it five out of five everything. Photon blast, flurkin, deagingblackfolks.com. <laughs> I give it five out of five. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's dope. Danathan, Captain Marvel. I'm not even trying to be one of the crowd here. Dude, five out of five Flurkins for sure. This movie kind of had everything for me. Um, I will say it probably wasn't the most action-packed movie I've ever seen compared to some of them. But everything about this movie was just right. I think like we established early on, I think that it's it's setting a precedent and it's... Uh, the representation's there. Oh, so true. You know what I'm saying? And that really goes a long way with me. So, yeah, absolutely. Five out of five motherfucking flurkins. I will give it five out of five flurkins because I don't even know. I guarantee I'm not going to figure out why it hit me so hard for like a while. Because there was a bunch of the universe saying, Steve, this message is for you too. A bunch of them throughout. And I was like, why is this messing me up so bad? Mm. Like not the, it, it was so important, this movie. And it's just like, I think later on I'll be like, oh, that's why this thing got me so good. It is a perfect, if someone says the only thing I didn't like about it, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to put in the gif, the gif of Viola Davis getting up with her purse. Yep. Because I'm, I'm yep. done with the, <laughs> the conversation. I'm up because there is nothing that is not good about this movie. It is perfect from beginning to the end, it was perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, That I know every, we would talk for four or five hours, but I know our wonderful, amazing guests have to get out of here. So before they leave, I want to pump every single thing that they're doing. Number one, Melissa, what do you have going on? Where can people hear you, listen to you, get you on Twitter, email, whatever? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at MellowYellow. That's M-E-L-L-O-O-Yellow. Um, I co-host a podcast called Wild Pretty Things. Um, we started as a Sharp Objects weekly recap show. So uh, if you 
went through that show, you want to revisit it, uh, which we will be doing soon. Um, we've got all those episodes out. If you haven't seen it yet, you absolutely should. And we have all those episodes out. Um, so after that show ended, we've been covering things that connect and tie back to sharp objects in some way. Um, typically like themes we enjoyed exploring with that show. So, uh, we do a lot of like complicated, uh, female protagonists over there. Um, right now we've got episodes out, um, covering the first season of the killing from 2011, uh, we oh covered- my goodness! Yeah! Um, <laughs> Love that show. We've got um, an episode on the Nicole Kidman Destroyer movie, and then uh, we're about to record an episode in preparation for the Amazon Hannah TV show. We are going yes. to cover um, the 2011 movie Hannah, so you can catch that over at Wild Pretty Things on wherever you get your podcasts. So there you go! Dope! Thank you so much, Melissa. Give her a round of applause. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Destroying. Hey, Melissa, real quick. I just want to say something to you. Now, Rebecca, when I when we first met, we met on PCL, and I'd heard you many times before. I want to say something to Melissa because, Melissa, I believe you kind of jumped on and made contact with us when we were doing The Word, right? Yeah. And uh, when I first started talking to you, and, and even from the first time I heard your, your first Wild Pretty Things, let me tell you how much your voice has grown, how much you've grown as a podcaster. Oh, I mean, you. I give you so many props. Both of you are so goddamn good, first of all. Let me just tell you that you need to be doing your own show. Oh. That's just my opinion, but I would listen to that shit week after week after week. I want to be on. I will record. Yeah, yeah. And put us on, and we'll come back on. Oh my goodness. I will record anything with Melissa. Yes. I absolutely love hard recording agree. with yes. her because we, yeah. I mean, awesome. yeah. Firstly, because number one, I think Melissa, you have an incredible voice with like amazing things to say. And Agreed. and that's number one. And number two, I'm all about supporting fellow women in their creative projects. So I am 100% here to support Melissa because she's my my fellow podcasting sister. Like But you know, Melissa, I've told you before, and I really mean it that I enjoy sharp optics even more because of your of your podcast. And Thank you so and as do I. I had so much fun doing. Sharp Objects was my number one TV show of last year. I loved it so much with with Amy Adams. And if you haven't watched it, you should watch it because it's amazing. But like, yeah, and I'm so glad that you guys didn't stop doing shows. I'm glad that you're doing more shows. And I just listened to your Destroyer episode, which I really enjoyed, you know, hearing your thoughts about it. They were a, a lot of it was like on track with how I felt about the movie. But like, I enjoyed listening to you guys talk about it a lot, too. So yeah, guys, check out Melissa. Please do, because I, I enjoy everything that you put out. I want to put it out there right now. I don't know if I'm the first person to say this, but I want to be the first. So I'm just going to say that I am. You two need to be doing a show. <laughs> I am asking you two to get your heads together and come up with some shit. Because first of all, the conversation that we had earlier was amazing. And I wanted to give you guys props for on, uh, on PCL when you were talking about Lorena. That's another thing where I was just, I could not, I was sitting in the parking lot waiting to go in. I was almost late just listening to you two oh. just go off about that. So seriously, like your opinions matter yes. and your voices matter, you yes. two. And I, I just think that you should be doing this. So there, from the bottom of my heart, I want to be the first one to say that. Thank you, Dan. Nah, I'm just kidding. All right, Steve, so what are we talking about? <laughs> Thank no. you so much. Thank you so very much, Melissa. I know you have to. I was totally kidding, by the way. To, you're going to a concert tonight. Yes. yes. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a dream come true. 
Three of my favorite people all in one place. Whoa, what? Wow. Awesome. <laughs> You broke up. What did you say? <laughs> uh, one you person you I love awesome. a lot, Rebecca, and like two okay dudes I know. <laughs> there we go. There go. That that's a little I more realistic. <laughs> no, that's not true. You guys know I love you. I tell you all the time on Twitter. <laughs> we love sure. you too. We love you too. Melissa, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on Heroes of Noise. This is not over. We want you back soon. Right? Yeah, anytime. Very soon. Yep, anytime. By the way, this is our second set of guests that yes. we've ever had on the show. So this yes. is this is a big thing. We're starting to do that a little bit more, but thank you for being like, you're the new round. Like we're yes. going to actually start doing more. We wanted you two to be the first yes. ones on and we, the we round have, more guests. We have like a family now. Yes. Like Aww. there's a family growing where it's just like, we have a thing. And in my dream, it's going to happen. We're going to have our family's podcast convention where it's just all of us. So what all you're saying is you guys all. are going to put Rebecca and I's podcast in your podcast network. Let's roll! Absolutely. <laughs> it's already done. It's crazy! It all done. day, baby! That's what I was fishing for. <laughs> That's what I was fishing for. Thank you so much. Is there anything, Rebecca, that you want to plug before we go? I know you told about the podcast. Is there anything that you want to plug coming up? And how do people... We didn't get your Twitter. How do people get in touch with you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Also, uh, Dollface Rebecca is my handle. Uh, that's also on on Instagram, and uh, that is Rebecca spelled with a K A H, not a C C A. And I'm also on Facebook. Uh, you heard all my podcasts that I'm doing. And uh, Steve, I agree with you. The Dark Knight trilogy is overrated. Whoa, we gotta have Thank you, back. you for coming. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's overrated. I did just it. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Sorry, Thank not you sorry. so much for being here. That is awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that is it. And I'm going to say for me, the next the next voices, let's do this in a switcheroo. The next voice you're going to hear is Melissa, Becca, and Dan saying goodbye. I'm saying goodbye. I love y'all. I love every single one of y'all that have been on here. And you will hear me again. Peace out. Becca, it's on you. Oh, uh, thanks She's for like, listening. What? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I have to say something. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. There it is. <laughs> Melissa. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to be back. Um, now I'm nervous. That's all. <laughs> Bye. All right. <laughs> hey, guys. My name is Dan Ramirez. Thank you so much for listening to the Heroes of Noise. This has been a really fun show. This is one of those shows where I get caught up listening to everyone talking because there was like magic going on between uh, the, uh, the Hudson and the Daily Camp. I'm just saying. <laughs> But uh, I was very much into that. Uh, you two are like seriously two of my favorite podcasters in the world. So thank you for coming back on. Guys, if you want to get a hold of the show, please hit us up at Heroes of Noise Podcast at gmail.com. You can reach me, Dan, at Dan Q Public on Twitter, Steve at SE underscore Hudson Music. This is the first time I've done this without music, by the way, Steve. And you can reach the show at Heroes of Noise. Uh, we're on Facebook. Go to www.heroesofnoise.com and get everything right there. Leave us a voicemail. Subscribe to the show. Go down. Go ahead and go all the way down there and you're going to see. I have to put another one on now. It's going to have to be, uh, Rebecca, I'm going to talk to you and ask which one you want to be on there. But we got we to get you into the Pods of Justice section here so people know where to find you. Other than that, guys, be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you, ladies and gentlemen. People of C53, take care of yourselves. We will see you soon. Peace. Peace.